All right, it looks like we are live here, guys. What is going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Xbox Roundtable podcast. Uh, this is show number 261. Naturally, I'm Invader, your host for the evening, and I am really, really looking to get into the chat tonight. Um, you know, after taking last Sunday off, we are back in action and ready to talk about, well, lots of things, to be honest with you. Um, Microsoft has come out and clarified its statement on Game Pass affecting game sales. We will certainly dive into that juicy topic right there. As well, the ongoing saga of the acquisition of Activision. Microsoft will very soon be defending its position on the EU hearing. You know, it just... Is that a major hurdle approaching? Well, you know, we'll find out very soon. And of course, we have to discuss the, as I'm calling it, the disc gate fiasco regarding the confusion uh, of Redfall's disc, disc status uh, with physical games. But yes, we will get into all that wonderful stuff. But first, I gotta introduce everybody here on the panel, kicking off with Tim Dog, Buddy, great to see ya. How you been? Great to see you guys. Been good. Just been uh, busy with work and life and parties. Super Bowls, crazy. Um, you know, uh, it's been uh, pretty much the same on the Xbox front. A lot of stuff coming uh, on Game Pass. A couple of games coming this month. Um, but we have a lot to talk about, so I'm not going to get too big on the intros. I'm just basically going to try to get right into the topic. So. Um, I'm happy to talk to everyone on the panel and uh, all, all the people out there listening. Thank you for uh, checking in and hit the like button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, guys. Hit the like button and uh, great to see you, Tim, as per usual. Uh, moving on here, we got General MLD. Buddy, pal, what's new? Hey, yeah, uh, good to be here. And yeah, trying to plug in away at the backlog. Just finished uh, Hi-Fi Rush and Close to Protocol recently. I, I like both games each, yeah. Hi-Fi was a great surprise hit out of nowhere, and now I'm playing uh, something else, uh, Chained Echoes, a nice little uh, 16-bit style JRPG. So, yeah, lots to play and lots to talk about. Can't wait. Agreed. Agreed. Looking forward to that energy you bring, pal. Moving on here, we got Eric Shockley, buddy. Hey, I saw you slide in there at the end. How are you doing? Pretty good. Just been uh, getting into uh, some games. Been been able to start and like almost finish a couple new ones with that Metroid Prime Remastered. I just been playing that nonstop, and I'm on the final boss, about the hundred percent it for the first time. So, mm-hmm. uh, and been uh, playing some Hogwarts Legacy. Not the biggest Potter fan after the like first three books, but uh, my wife is, so I picked it up on the. PS5 and she doesn't play those type of like RPG action type games but I'm getting her into it and she's having a blast now she's addicted <laughs> we've played it like non-stop over the weekend so but yeah that's been cool but uh yeah I'm ready to get into these topics all right all right very nice uh, glad to hear you're getting in a bunch of gaming I gotta ask before I move on though shock um I'm really interested in Metroid Prime uh would you recommend it Oh, definitely. Um, it's, yeah, like going back to, it. yeah, it's definitely hard to go back uh, to the like old GameCube uh, mm-hmm. controls. And I've been playing, and I've recently beat that on the GameCube uh, like last year and been playing Echoes. Um, 
so for its time, you know, before this existed, you know, I actually preferred that over the Wii version just because I didn't like the complete like free aim with the remote. But um, having the dual out uh, the dual stick in it, it it perfectly playing it with a modern control style pretty much fits it perfectly. Where it's like, oh, it's basically the same game. Like it is a remaster. It's not. People might say it looks like a remake. Sure, but like it's literally almost one for one, like the exact same game, just with a mm-hmm. fresh coat of paint. Like if you put a, like a mod on top of, you know, some of those old, uh, you know, past gen games where it's they it like looks brand new, but it's literally on the bare bones of the original. Um, so it plays exactly the same. Um, yeah, but I would definitely recommend uh, picking that up. Uh, especially supporting that because I'm hopeful we'll get the other two. I was hopeful they do it all in a trilogy, but um, probably won't happen with Corruption just because that was like really we. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to go that in depth to like try to bring that up to the Switch, but Echoes could definitely do it. And a lot of people didn't play Echoes, but I think it got like it was a, it was definitely a, one of the best games at least by fans i don't know if critically or commercially just didn't do well so <laughs> a lot of people didn't even play that one on top of not playing the first metroid prime but yeah definitely pick it up 40 bucks it is definitely worth it so okay. um especially over some of the other remasters they've done like skyward sword which was like 60 dollars. <laughs> so yeah it's definitely worth it more than that so i'll definitely pick it up so Okay, no, good to know, because, again, I got a birthday coming up in a month or so, so, you know, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, that as a birthday present, uh, hint, hint. <laughs> um, let's see, moving on down here, guys, Centurion, what's up, brother? What is up, guys? It is Sunday night, time for some fun, time for some debating. Um, I've just been kind of just chilling out and becoming hopelessly addicted to Hogwarts Legacy. I mean, I freaking put Dead Space on the back burner to play it. I can't I can't put the game down. I've been having a lot of fun with it. All right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know a bunch of guys on the panel have been enjoying it too. And uh, damn, I got to say, I mean, the graphics and a uh, little attention to detail blow me away. I mean, I'm still, yeah, again, I like my original, to be honest with you, but uh, I, I don't blame you for really liking that. I know uh, MLD's been waiting for on his helmet for... Uh, still in the mail. Uh, oh yeah, the dead space that's funny yeah no i mean dead space got i i dude i need to go back and finish playing that damn game now i just keep every time i'm playing hogwarts legacy i'm like crap i gotta finish dead space hmm, yeah yeah no that's great yeah that's right you got dead space hogwarts again a whole bunch of other games and atomic heart is around the corner i know and we got atomic heart around the corner when are we gonna find any more freaking time to do stuff I have cleared my backlog. Well, I haven't cleared it, but I have moved it out of the way just so I can enjoy Atomic Heart. And I have that uh, limited edition pre-ordered. I can't wait for that. And, of course, it's on Game Pass. So, lots of ways. I I don't know. I'm a little spoiled that way. Uh, Moving on down here. Last but certainly not least on the panel, Crusader. Hey, what's happening, brother? Hi, chat. Uh, nothing too much. Long, 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 long week. But, uh, yeah, no, um, since we last have been on, I finished the Dead Space remake. I played SpongeBob and the Cosmic Shake. Um, 
it's it's good. It's not as good as Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. I recommend the that. Wait for it on sale. Uh, I mean, it launched at forty dollars. Like it's it's good for what it is. If that makes sense. I, anything like thirty under twenty five hundred, you'd be it's fine. Right, like it's it's good. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's not... on my wife's radar, and I want to get her get it for her. But you know, we're she still has to play rehydrated, and that's why I was yeah, like, I play I that first. So like that 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 one's it's the same style game because like it's a spiritual successor to Battle for Bikini Bottom, and I like it more. Um, I also grew up playing that that one. Um, played that. I've been playing some Darksiders War Mastered Edition, the remaster of the first Darksiders game. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. And I um I, I I cannot 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 wait for uh Destiny Two Lightfall. Yes. Um. Yes. The end of the season, uh, like mission plus cutscene some of the best in the franchise probably best cutscene the franchise has ever had that's leading us into the next year it was incredible it's like a three minute long cutscene incredible hmm i don't think i've seen it but that's interesting i'll have to take a look yeah it came out last tuesday the game had a and they it didn't leak they didn't have it in the game files they released it as a hot fix the day of it was like 700 gig or 700 meg hot fix 700 gig um yeah, it, it was it was just great. Hmm. Very interesting there, Crusader. I'll, I mean, yeah, I'll have to take a look at that. Thanks for making me aware. Yeah, hey, I got Lightfall, Diablo 3's next season, and Atomic Heart all in like the next like 14 days, and like my brain is not ready. I cannot comprehend that fuck. Ooh, and I think we'll talk about Atomic Heart next week since it's coming out, and I know yeah. everybody like a, a good portion of the panel is gonna be playing it, so I cannot wait for that talk. I really yeah. can't, because uh, I'm going to be d- putting in a lot of time into it, as much as I can. All right, but uh, guys, reminder, reminder to everybody here the, to share out the show, and hey, give it a like, it helps with the algorithms, and hey, if you're new here, sub, would love to have you, but yeah, guys in the chat, great seeing you here, share out the show if you can, that would help out immensely, and also, huge reminder that we are available on a wide variety of platforms, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, even some other video platforms such as Rumble, just making you guys aware if you're not already. There's all kinds of links in our description, so check them out. But yeah, give us a follow if you're already on them. We would love to have you following us on all kinds of different platforms. <clears throat> but yeah, gentlemen, on that note, let's get straight into things with our first topic Uh, We've got to talk about the effect of Xbox Game Pass on base game sales. Yes, guys, we're going to start off with that. Because of the legal proceedings with the whole Activision acquisition mess, Microsoft has had to disclose various statistics from the Xbox division, and it's submitted that a certain percentage of game sales decline after being added to Game Pass. Recently, they had to clarify the position going into certain details, but still admitted that there was an effect. I mean, we kind of figured that with Game Pass, but, you know, it, there's still there's a bunch of articles coming up because this was mentioned in these uh, articles. Uh, Centurion, my passionate gaming sleuth, I mean, I would love to know your thoughts and opinion on this matter. I mean, personally, I think it's kind of common knowledge that sales would go down because of it, because of the nature of the subscription. But, you know, hey, let me know what your thoughts are, bud. Take it away. Ah, well, we were chatting about this before the show about how 
I was wanting to figure out how to approach this subject, and that's because, um, just real quick, I don't understand why there is a lot of people in the community that are wrapped up in the in trying to figure out if Game Pass is financially viable, sustainable. Does it hurt developers? Is micro like for some reason people are more concerned about honestly crap that really doesn't matter just play the damn games enjoy them have fun but hey here we are talking about this um so that's where it's kind of a double-edged sword as we were talking about um if we're talking about like games like uh on a more double a or an indie um you know like uh we saw uh mike rose uh one of the head guys over at no more Ro robots out on twitter uh, decided to come out with a tweet uh, that said, all I could say is we're aiming to get every single title we publish from now on onto Game Pass. In doing so, we'll secure success for each title and relieve immense pressure for the devs. And he was always, he was uh, the publisher for Descenders and Game Pass completely changed that game because that game was on nobody's radar, barely anybody was interacting with it and buying it and then they put it into game pass and that's where game pass you know there's different ways of making money off the service a uh through player interaction with the game or you just get a big giant lump sum for putting it in there there's there's different avenues for game pass to make someone money and i think at least from the way he's acted uh, hit for him it was having uh, player interaction with the game and they made a good amount of money with game pass it's so this is the situation if you are a developer or a publisher is when you're trying to sell your game out in the wild uh unless you have some really awesome marketing um an amazing amount of hype surrounding a game uh like atomic heart um basically your whole concept of trying to make money by selling the game is a what if where game pass is basically guaranteed money you're going to have to weigh your options on am i going to throw the dice and see if my game is a success sales wise or do I go for that guaranteed money and get a paycheck right off the rip? And if it by some chance explodes on game pass, I can make more money than I could have with actual sales. But that's where, at least for the smaller games, cause we even saw, um, high on life. Uh, we were talking about it that, mm -hmm. you know, at least uh, we've seen it high on life set, uh, aim, uh, game pass launch records. Uh, it was one of the big, it was the biggest launch of 2022, um, and everybody was checking that game out. And if we really look at how many people were going to really buy and and basically consume that game if it wasn't in Game Pass, I'm pretty sure the numbers would have been very low. Um, and not to mention, because of Game Pass, uh, Squanch Studios was able to get that game over the finish line because they were actually supposed to be on Stadia. So that, that initial check, that cash infusion from putting it on Game Pass was able to help stabilize the studio and get that game out into the wild. Um, but now when we're talking about AAA games, uh, you know, obviously uh, Crusader joined us on that conversation before the show, and we were all talking about how AAA games, yeah, come on now. 
yes, there is going to be people that won't buy the game because it's in Game Pass. That is a given. We all know, like, I, that's why it's like, this is why I'm I'm confused on why people care because unless you are one of the developers at that studio and somehow Game Pass took food out of your family's mouth or the, ce- or the ceiling over their heads, um, why do you care? You're not a stockholder. Uh, who the hell basically says I would rather pay 70 bucks for something that I could pay $15 for? I mean, literally, people are losing their damn minds over the cost of eggs. But for some reason with video games, it's either, uh, you know, pay 70 bucks or you're living on welfare. Um, cause we all hear the jokes that are made towards game pass. Um, and mm-hmm. that's where I just feel about the whole situation with everybody wanting to be concerned about it, basically cannibalizing, uh, sales of big games when we all freaking know that, but that's, that was the whole idea behind game pass. And that is what also shocks me about like what we get into our next conversation later about like what's going on with the regulators that somehow Microsoft is creating this ex- this way of raising prices. Microsoft has made one of the most financially stomachable ways of playing games because I mean, dude, to play some of these games, you would have to either have deep pockets or you're just going to miss out on some. And Game Pass has really helped fill the gap for a lot of people that don't have a lot of disposable income and they love paying their $10, $15 a month and they have access to games and they're able to go and, and chat with their friends about these games and, and, and have fun playing them. And it just seems like, um, at least for me, in my opinion, it's always the same vocal minority that for some reason want to just talk about how is it financially viable when it really shouldn't matter. Well, just to add in here, too, um, I know everybody wants to uh, jump in here, but obviously this is going to affect, I would say, more so Xbox first party titles. But you look at some of the larger like AAA games that they've had in so far. Take, for example, a title like Outriders, right? Um, A lot of people were writing it off. It came out, I guess it was three, no, two years ago. And, you know, it wasn't really getting a lot of press, but then it it was announced into Game Pass. And, man, oh, man, like, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. And then, like, a lot of people were playing it at first. And the devs and even the publisher Square Enix had to come out and be like, you know what? We we liked uh, our decision. We were pleasantly surprised uh, uh, how successful it's been in Game Pass. And even the digital sales were pretty good, too. Like, the number of active users that they were looking at beat our expectations. Uh, I'm just, like, Um, quickly looking at... There was one developer Mm -hmm. that that I, I forget what game it was, but it was... I think like two years ago where they had a sit down meeting where there was one developer that complained about his deal with game pass. And that was because the developer completely underestimated what the service was going to bring to his to attention wise to his game. And he basically lowballed himself because he thought the game was not going to be as successful as it was on game pass. And then all of a sudden it blew up on game pass, but because his negotiating skills were subpar, uh, he did miss out on some money, um, and that's pretty much the only time I've heard any developer really speak ill of Game Pass. 
Um, and that was just because he completely underestimated how successful the, the service really is. The Outriders devs also um, indirectly had an issue, mm. but that was because of their market, their deal with Square Enix and how their deal with Square Enix worked, and then Square mm -hmm. Enix getting to put it onto Game Pass and, like, those two things being kind of mutually exclusive. So, like, for parties that are, like, being negotiated on as, like, a secondary it's more that they need to be more careful about how their um, deals with their publisher are worded so that, like, the publisher can't just get away with things like Square Enix did with that. But that is, like, a very specific use case. Because I know Outriders, like, because of how many people played it on Game Pass, um, they had a thing in their deal based on how much it sold would be how much royalties they got. But because it wasn't selling as much as they had anticipated because of the Game Pass deal, it they didn't get their royalties until much later. Oh yeah, that was totally underhanded. That, I remember that, reading that, about that was underhanded. That's, just, that's totally that's totally Square yeah. Enix taking advantage of their of one contract and another contract. That's not, and I mean, power Square Enix for for doing that and getting away with it. But um, fault a corporation for acting like a corporation. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that that's the only case that I've seen like otherwise that's um, like interesting in that regard. Um, um, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it, I mean, to me, this whole, like, again, it's very interesting. Uh, Tim dog pal. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Because again, we, we always knew that there would be like, you know, sales would come down in certain cases, but overall, I mean, I always see developers kind of championing game pass, especially the indie devs, you know, cause more people get to try their games. Yeah. Listen, I think that what's going on here is, is they took a, you know, a, a statement that's part of this whole uh, this whole case, and I think that they ran with it. Um, you know, there's two sides of the story. I do believe that uh, Game Pass actually helps game certain games, uh, and, and that has been shown to be the case. Um, but, like, for first-party exclusives, uh, yeah, it's kind of obvious that you're going to say, you know, those games which they they used to rely on full uh full you know full buying exclusives full price uh you're 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 now uh you have another option which is going to be the most popular option in game pass um what people don't or, or the people who are writing these articles will fail to mention you know you you have a different a different way of making money now um it's a different model so uh, for what you don't sell on that end, uh, a subscriber that you gain that goes into your ecosystem for possibly 12 or more months is more valuable than that physical sale. So I think that uh, it was definitely way overblown. Um, if you think that Xbox is struggling with Game Pass and it's uh, such a, a you know uh, unsustainable. Um, all you have to do is look at the current state of affairs where they're, they're trying to put $67 billion and I would say 40 billion of those dollars probably uh, going for the Call of Duty license for the, for the game because they know they can put it into Game Pass. They know it will drive Game Pass. And on the same, same uh, flip of a coin or whatever you want to call it, you have Jim Ryan actively uh you know trying to sabotage the deal because 
he knows how powerful it will be for Game Pass. So it's like I don't get it. Like you're gonna be negative about it on one on one aspect, but you're not gonna look at anything else other than that. And you're also not looking at what's going on right now, where you have the market leader in absolute fear and uh, doing everything that it can, spending as much money as I can to sabotage this deal just because it will go into Game Pass. Because as we know, the Game Pass, the game is going to go to Call, uh, Call of Duty, is going to go to PlayStation day and day. They're going to actually have an ability to put it in their uh, service, which they won't because you have to pay money. I don't think uh, Xbox or Microsoft has to be obligated to do that. Maybe that's part of the concessions. I doubt it. But you know, um, it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, you're trying to build this narrative and then, you know, everything what you're saying, all the truth and all the facts of the matter are just flying, uh, you know, right into your face, back into your face. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, like you're telling a half story, I felt like when that came out. I didn't really even attack it on Twitter because I felt it was silly. You know, yeah, you're going to, and I think Phil would admit that you're going to, you're going to lose some sales. Uh, on the front end with uh, like teams like Halo, Gears, and stuff like that. But on the back end, you're probably picking up more players, more people are going to access the game. And they've said that uh, numerous times. That's their end goal. That's their end game. They want people on the ecosystem. They want people playing the game. They want the, the, they want the monthly active users uh, to keep growing, and they want the subscription model to basically pay itself back and, and it will and it's getting bigger and it's growing and it's going to be going to a point where it's going to it's going to you know it could you know uh take that whatever you would lose and basically back it up also not to mention xbox has pc game pass and it has store a uh, storefront on uh, puts the, its games on steam uh day and date uh, a cross buy as well for with with Windows if you get it for the whole shebang with Ultimate, um, you know that's awesome value, and uh, I don't know how and that stuff is not being highlighted. It's like they want to get Xbox. Lately, the, since this whole thing, there's been a real lust to get Xbox uh, in a gotcha moment, or you know I do feel like the 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 heat's ratcheted up on Xbox, especially with the media. Um, and uh, there's a lot of people that are putting a lot of uh, a lot of um, of 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 the whatever you want to say into that. Um, you know, this deal doesn't go through. I mean, I, 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 everyone on this panel, we've seen the hate that's been going on, and the fact is, is that if Xbox gets the deal to go through, it's going to be a huge thing for Game Pass. And you know what? That's good. That's good for gamers. That's good for people that, you know, uh, you know, want to have a subscription-based model. There's nothing wrong with it. There's, this shouldn't be something that's not allowed. It's a way for myself to save money, but it's also a way for myself to spend my money in other avenues of, of gaming that, like, I could buy a multiplot that I wouldn't buy because I could buy... Uh, you know, uh, Starfield six months down the road, um, or I can buy uh, another game down the road, and I can get Atomic Heart. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? It's it's like, it, I just I just kind of feel like the whole thing has kind of been unfair. Uh, people ran with it; they didn't fully explain the the whole thing. I think that uh, I don't think Phil lied here because oh. there are many games that have 
done very well. Uh, Mike Rose, who's a developer, uh, has talked about how his game went into Game Pass. Uh, David Springate uh, for um, the car game. I forgot the name of it. Um, but uh, it, it, that game went into Game Pass Day 1 and did very well. He he even talks about it, how, how it's done well. Uh, certain games, yeah, like High on Life, that's another game. That game did tremendously well and saw a tremendous amount of people playing it that might not have happened if, if it was just a, you know, a game that you had to buy and you had to shell out whatever $60 for. People might not have touched it. So there there is pros and cons, but you have to realize their model is vastly different than anyone. They're, they're the only one doing this. So if you're going to say something like that, please tell the whole story, you know, uh, because it's not a dead end when you're, you know, you know, approaching 35 million or whatever they are on Game Pass. Uh, and, um, you know, and they have something in the works that could, you know, really, you know, push the, 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 the service ahead. And, uh, that's basically why Sony's definitely afraid because they see it. They see, you know, the value of people saying, oh my God, I can play Call of Duty. All I need is that it's, it's something that could trigger, you know, uh, casuals and every, everyone into, and, mm-hmm. and, the, and I do believe that. Uh, people will move over, but you know what? There's nothing unfair about this. It's not, that's not an unfair marketplace move. That's Xbox. They've, they decided in 2017 to invest in cloud and Game Pass, and this is their model. And they're rightfully so, deservedly so, uh, should be able to use it, and they should be able to invest in it. And you know, we're going to go on with the, with, with the talk about Brussels on February 21st uh, later on. And, and I'm going to, you know, elaborate more, but, you know, what's been going on has been bullshit. And I think that, uh, I think a lot of the media now is starting to kind of do what they did in 2013 and be negative mm. and attacked stupid articles over here, right and left. And, uh, you know, the positive momentum that Xbox did have huh. in 2022, early 22 has eroded uh, and they've had, they had a really rough year. And, um, you know, I think they're having some supply issues with the Xbox Series X, and they're really getting hurt right now as, uh, on the console front. Um, but, you know, they're no, they're no way saying that, that they're giving up. They, you know, they, they're, wanting to, they, they're wanting like hell to get this deal to go through. And, uh, and I do believe if it does, it's going to put them in a really good position. But uh, it's not going to shake up the market like people are saying and stuff like that. But uh, again, it comes down to game pass. It's a great idea. And at the end of the day, it's great for gamers. It's great for people who want a game. You gain more when you have game pass. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, honestly, guys, if you just do like a random search, right, because I've seen, again, all these different indie devs or, or just devs in general comment about game pass. Of course, you'll get the ones that are kind of, you know, they're not really sure about it but then you look at the ones that have cut deals with microsoft xbox uh for example night school studios developers of after party right remember that game uh like i'm looking at this one article here and he the developer was like you know uh what i worried about was is this going to cannibalize other sales early on that was the main concern is this going to be out on the same platform i want people buying it on xbox still 
But what we found out was that not only did it not cannibalize the sales, it increased our sales everywhere else on every platform. Now, hey, you guys might think I'm cherry picking a developer quote, but obviously there are like devs are having success with this model. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it's it is successful for uh, developers here, guys. Um, you know, I'm trying not to cherry pick, but I mean, it does seem like and, and Game Pass is growing month by month, year by year. Uh, General MLD, buddy, what are your thoughts on this? I know you want to chime in. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, people went hard on this on uh, on the Internet here. So, I mean, a lot of people are being uh, fake concerned over the trillion dollar corporation and how they like to do things. Don't know, don't know how that works, but okay. Like, what Xbox does that Sony and Nintendo don't do is, and which uh, Tim touched on this, it was like a day one PC. Uh, Windows Store, but Steam especially, right? And th that is not by accident. I feel like since this was done in 2015, this was all part of a, like, a grand plan that Phil put into motion, and I think PC is a big part of what, xbox is now now more than ever and i think that has oh and that has always meant to be a great compensating mechanism for what game pass is because even though game pass is on pc i feel like pc gamers are mostly very traditional especially steam users they're stuck in their ways and hey that's great i'll get different strokes for different gamers right they rely on steam sales to compensate for any uh, shortfall of uh, game sales on Xbox, on Xbox itself. And I think, yeah, that's all part of the ecosystem. That's all part of the plan. Like, uh, like what was it? The, the, quote, the quote is that Game Pass leads to more sales. Um, I personally always interpreted that as, uh, and Sarah Bond, she actually posted some stats that back this up. She said that Game Pass users spend more compared to non-Game Pass users. Now, a lot of people online are mistaking this quote for the game uh, itself. Like, if a game goes on Game Pass, then, oh, I thought you guys were supposed to buy more of it if it's on Game Pass. No, it means we, we buy more in general. Like, I am a Game Pass user, happy Game Pass user. Like, like last year, uh, I played, I beat 23 Game Pass games, but I, but I played overall 50. So I, I end up buying like more than more than double, double that like non Game Pass games. I've been spending more than I ever have as a Game Pass user. So in that regard, the quote is actually correct. People are just interpreting uh, it wrong. We are 100% spending more money, but the game itself uh, that, that that's on Game Pass. Of course, we're not going to buy it as much if it's on Game Pass. Like I played so many games on Game Pass. I'm personally not going to rebuy the game unless I want to play it down the road and I really want to show my appreciation to the developers. But overall, though, that's the point of Game Pass is to get that value and take that perceived value and spend it somewhere else on a game that's not on Game Pass. And then again, I, I said it before, that's what Steam is for. That's what PC is for. It's meant as a compensating mechanism. Sony does not do this. They wait at least a year to put their games on PC. And, and we see how, how the sales for that end up. But they're doing things differently. Xbox is doing things differently. So I think, but also I feel like you guys said before though, it depends on the games. It's case by case. The word of mouth and exposure 
like that cannot be understated that that for many games can make or break it now i feel like uh there, there are games that people wouldn't have bought outright like for myself uh, i wouldn't have bought high on life but i played on game pass i, lo I loved it games like what sniper elite 5 uh played that on game pass last year i had a great time i probably wouldn't have bought it so i, th I feel like developers would know this like not every game is going to have your call of duty uh kind of appeal you might fall under the radar so you kind of need game pass to get that uh that guaranteed payout like indie dubs I feel like indie devs, it's pretty much common sense at this point that indie games uh, and Game Pass go really well together because the instant Game Pass payout for such a small team, for such a small budgeted game, can literally make or break the entire operation. It'll put their game over the finish line and it'll get the game exposure and more word of mouth, which is what they really need because an indie, an indie game in this day and age can get lost in the sea. There are so many indie games to choose from. So being on Game Pass is a big boon uh, for them. So for at the very least, that makes sense. Double A games, we see that with uh, Plague Tale Two. Um, I, I think it's arguably double high end, double A, whatever. But the point is, though, it even works for double A games in terms of exposure. Triple A, I, I, I can see the argument unless it's heavily micro transaction heavy, in which case Game Pass is actually good because it gets you the foot in the door. And it'll get you spending on on uh, on cosmetics or whatever the you know whatever the microtransactions are because you feel like you're saving a lot by playing the game essentially like for what for free you think it's for free but it's fifteen dollars but even so you're not paying sixty seventy dollars so you buy more microtransactions it depends on the game but overall though I I don't know why what's all this concern going around I Xbox they know what they're doing they're on the cusp of really really realizing what they want to do with this acquisition and that that acquisition will really really add to game pass and really put it over the top combined with starfield and redfall and forza like we're gonna be in the perfect storm very very soon and xbox is gonna have a lot of great things happening for a lot, lot of great growth so i i i i say just enjoy the service for what it is like it's a great yeah. deal use it don't worry about the corporation, the trillion dollar corporation. They're doing just fine. So that's what, that's what I got to say about it. Like it's, no it's, it's an ecosystem. They call it an ecosystem for a reason. Game Pass is not by itself. It all works together. PC, console, cloud, their future mobile plans. Everything helps each other out. Game Pass is not by itself, which is a pretty common misunderstanding. Yeah. Good job. Mm -hmm. well Thank, you. Thank you. No, very well said. I uh, Again, I, I totally agree with uh, what you said there, MLD. And again, just looking up random articles here, you know, Outer Wilds dev says that, you know, Game Pass is really awesome. Uh, Xbox Game Pass is guaranteeing success for dozens of dev. Developer praises Microsoft's service and how it bene bene benefits game makers. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Uh, yeah, there's a, an article with Mike Rose here. Uh, but again, like, you know, obviously not every developer is going to have the same success or, you know, different, you know, depending on how you weight things, but uh, there has been a lot of, um, a lot of commentary on it and Game Pass just keeps growing and growing and 
I mean, it might affect the sales of certain things, but at the same time, I mean, you don't hear Microsoft complaining by any means. They just keep touting Game Pass, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure if the service was doing poorly, they wouldn't talk about it as much. <laughs> they wouldn't invest $67 billion into it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that gets me is, is that, you know, you're, you're being short-sighted and saying, okay, we're going to take this out of something, the documentation out of, out of uh, what's going on or what's being said. And obviously, they're, they're speaking in terms of, you know, um, uh, you know, I don't know if they're painting the most, uh, they're painting an accurate picture, but I do think that they're, you know, they're, 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 they're putting it out there, or at least when, when the articles have written, they're putting it out there without, you know, kind of like telling the whole story. And that's what, what I think that we both said, um, like you have to also think about, you know, um, game pass itself and how how it's growing and how big it's getting um and 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 how it uh it basically changes the game and and um you know in that there there is some negatives but but the negatives also are countered by positives where you know they have a game pass model that's unrivaled right now and again it's if it was such a bad thing why would they be fighting so hard to get this through? And why would Sony be so hard fighting for it not to happen? You know, so that's all you, that's the facts. Well, that's what's really going on. So, um, you know, I, I just think people want to get people in gotcha moments and looking for headlines. But, you know, if you, you really do critical thinking, um, you know, it's, it's kind of obvious what's going on here. You know what I mean? And, Look at like why would Bandai Namco keep putting their games in there? They they have put put Scarlet Nexus in there like just three months after release, um, and then now they're launching with Team Ninja their brand new game day one on Game Pass. Team Ninja doesn't like people already know who Team Ninja is. They made the Neo games that are highly acclaimed on you know so on Sony's platform and PC. You obviously had the Oh, yeah, yeah that's they're, right. they're coming coming my bad, my bad. But still, like you, you still see big Japanese publishers that I keep jumping on like board. Like they're Sega. they're gonna look at data and like, hey, obviously Microsoft's gonna like when especially with like Wolong Dynasty coming up here day one, they're gonna want to see like from Microsoft's point of view of like, hey, okay, what's our potential? I'm sure they showed them like <laughs> numbers of like, okay. Here's a game that's you know hit day one, uh, whether it's Plague's Tale or whatever. Okay, cool. That that's a number we can, you know, handle, and then that's gonna also help boost because it's a new IP. So it's it's not like they're doing like Neo Three. You know, it's a new IP that people won't. It's not Ninja Gaiden. You know, it's not gonna even though it's you know that same team that has the big name themselves. Still, when you release something, you know, out there that's Maybe a little bit different from what you've done in the past, um, and with a whole new name, especially mm -hmm. a long-worded name. Yeah. Um, you know, or uh, yeah, uh, long-spelled name, whatever. Um, you know, it's it's it might need a little bit of boost. You know, obviously they know it's what it's going to do probably on Sony's platform PC because they've released games recently, um, but they haven't. Obviously, they've skipped Xbox platform, so that's a good. 
you know, bat for them just to kind of test the water, uh, just to see like, okay, obviously people on Xbox are into Team Ninja's games because, you know, we've just because of the history with that are alive and Ninja Gaiden in the past, but, um, but it's a good, you know, to test the waters, to, you know, get reinvigorate that fan base that they've kind of, you know, been abandoned for a while. So, um, and it's going to just, the second that game hits, especially if it's releases like high critic, uh, high critic rating, um, you're going to see like that all over, you know, they don't even need to like literally, uh, you know, do a whole big press to where all they got to make sure is this polished yeah. game and game pass is going to do the rest. Cause if think about what high five rush did on a shadow drop, if this game is like anywhere close to that level of uh, Metacritic, like people are going to be doing all the publicity for them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I also think that like you make a good point. There are uh, just this year, there's a ton of third party developers that are signing on uh, for day one's Atomic Heart. Oh yeah, uh, Wu Wu Long or uh, the game that you just you just talked about, Stalker Two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there's a little bit lesser ones like the Li- Lies of P, which is a game that a lot of people seem to like and very interested. Um, Bene- Benedict, uh, legendary Benedict Fox game that looks pretty cool. So it's not like you know you don't have devs jumping on this. Uh, you know, it, it is advantageous for for some in some cases, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and as far as the Xbox first party, it's part of their, you know, their 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 pitch to the gamer. And let's be honest, it's a great pitch if you know the games come. It wasn't a great pitch last year because they had a bad year. They 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 had delays, but you know, I I just want to see what the landscape is is when. You know, Xbox gets all these games that I just mentioned, possibly Hellblade 2, the show, day one. Um, at the end of the year, like, if they all hit, you know, uh, are we still going to be talking trivial shit or are we going to actually talk about what a great year Xbox has had mm-hmm. or what's on the horizon? You're not, you're not hearing that. And I, I kind of really, you know, uh, like, like, it definitely feel like the media definitely, um, and, and I and I get it because they're not the market leader, but you know, uh, the document they're reading said cannibalize sales, but that could mean anything. That could be like, hey, there are some small group of sales that are cannibalized. Like this player would have bought the game, the game but sale. as a whole, did it so, improve the game the game sales yeah, overall? Exactly. Let, well, let you're, me. You're it didn't game. specify. Go ahead, also, go ahead, Crusader. I have a, I have a lightning round of stuff that I was going to mention, and that is part of it. Um, so let's look at the document. The document is referencing specifically Activision Blizzard games. So they're all AAA massive games that we're all going to sell really. They were all going to sell in pretty high numbers, right? We're talking like Diablo 4, Call of Duty, blah 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 blah. So we have to look at it in the scope of AAA because that's what they're talking about. And yeah, of course, it's going to cannibalize the sales because it's going to sell less on the Xbox platform because you don't have to pay for it. It is talking specifically about game sales, not game, not total played. And people are freaking out because, oh, that means that like we're, we're bringing in less for this. They're, they're, they're such loss leading that this isn't sustainable, blah, blah, blah. Well, that, that's not, that doesn't, one does not follow from the other because the first thing you have to look here is number one, um, are, 
is anyone who's putting their game onto Game Pass comfortable putting their game onto Game Pass? Did they sign a deal, and are they happy with their deal? Multiple people keep putting their stuff on it, so they have to be happy with the amount of money that they're getting versus the the differential in um, stuff that they're getting, right? So, like, you know, they're, they're getting paid a comfortable amount for... Uh, for the stuff that they're putting on. So the companies that are putting stuff on, yeah, they don't care that the cannibalization is happening, that they're losing out on potential sales because they've th their opportunity has risen in other ways. And for Microsoft, you know, we, we have to look at it this way. Is, are they maximizing the amount of money per customer better? Because just because they're not getting a sale on the game doesn't mean that they're not maximizing the actual revenue in from the customer more. Because you're taking it from a system where you are making X amount off of each game to a more um, collectivized, this is just how much money we're bringing in from this customer in our ecosystem. And are they buying more games that aren't on Game Pass? Are they buying more DLC than they would before? Are, are we getting that consistent $180 out of the majority of them? you know, for Game Pass Ultimate or 120 for Game Pass or, you know, what have you, right? Are we maximizing the actual revenue intake from them better by giving them a, a curated selection of titles that we either produce ourselves or make ourselves for less? And essentially, it is a loss-leading product, right, in that regard, right? Now, they might even just be making more off per customer from that $180 a year than the average customer before they were getting off of them. And that, that could be enough by itself, but by bringing those customers to your ecosystem, uh, by offering them such a low, th uh, like a low priced um, entry point, and then making more off of sales of things that aren't in Game Pass, like your Elden Rings, your Gotham Knights, your Hogwarts Legacies, so on and so forth, because people might be buying that on Xbox now instead of another uh, marketplace, because, well, Xbox has given them such a great deal in the door. Now they're selling more of other shit out the door. And that, that's a tactic called loss leading where you sell one thing at a loss to, um, or, or at a more break even point, not even necessarily a loss, but you sell it at a, 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 a smaller differential then, uh, and you, you make your money up elsewhere. A lot of car dealerships do this with, um, uh, new cars, because the, the the new cars they're pretty much selling at a break even point, whereas they're making their money off of the the car sales by getting you to get the extended warranties and the 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 special like sealant package. So if you spill stuff on your trunk, it doesn't it's easy to clean and it doesn't it, you know shit like that. So like with, with with Game Pass, is Game Pass bringing more customers into their ecosystem and they're spending more overall? That's all that matters. None of this shit matters when people are saying, well, like, are are they maximizing their profit for game? Who cares if they're maximizing their profit for game as long as they're happy with the actual money they're bringing in versus the money that's coming out? Who cares exactly where that money is coming in and out? And for for third party devs. If they don't want to put their game on day one on Game Pass, they don't have to. There's no mandate. There's no force to. It's not like you're launching a game on Xbox. You got to be on Game Pass, right? You know, I don't expect GTA 6 to launch into Game Pass day one. Heck, I don't expect it to launch into Game Pass for like two years, if it ever, right? Uh, for third parties who don't want to launch into it, they don't have to launch into it. And are we seeing their sales truly impacted? I don't think so. Um, and the companies that are launching into it, well, are they happy? Are they launching into it multiple times? A lot of people are. I think Sega had something like, in the last two years, they've had something like 18 games launch into Game Pass, either day one or, or after the fact. Great. they, You know, Sega loves it. Um, uh, Square Enix has had quite a few launch into it, but Square Enix is such a weird company that I don't want to use them as a example of anything. 
Um, Bandai Namco's launched a ton of games into it. Capcom has launched a, plenty of games into it now. Um, you know, EA. EA's not comfortable launching day one stuff into it, but they launch every last one of their games in the Game Pass Ultimate via EA Play. Right, and they're very. They they say in their investor deals they're very happy with that because it's monetizing their back library. So all that really matters in this entire conversation is, are the people who are putting their games into Game Pass happy with what they're getting? And we've heard very few complaints. One of them's the contractual dispute brought up earlier. One of them was the the, the it was an uh, over underestimate of you know what how many users were going to play it and what they should have been paid. You know, that that's something that you, you need good cost analysis people to do. And Microsoft, you know, it, it, they may have let that person down by not have by not properly cost uh, analyzing it enough. But that also could have been a time when they had a huge spike in Game Pass. Who knows? Right. And for, for all this, for all this stuff, we have like only a few examples of developers ever being upset with their Game Pass launch. Almost all of it is return customers keep bringing putting stuff into Game Pass. Right. So. Obviously, it's a whole lot of noise for a whole lot of nonsense. Does it cannibalize sales? Yeah, and the, everyone brings up that Phil Spencer article from like five years ago where he says that st stuff sold better. Even if we took that, sh you know, MLD brought up some good points. I, I would prefer, I still think to take it at face value. Even if you're taking it at face value, you're talking at a time when they had like somewhere between five and 10 million subs versus 20 million now. It is a totally different ecosystem to even talk about, right? right. You have like five million people playing Forza on Game Pass. I think that's the game he's even talking about in that article, right? And you got 5 million people playing it through Game Pass. There's a whole lot of untapped people that might now be buying it to play it with their friend at that time period. Now that you got 20 million people on Game Pass, it's a little bit different, right? You, it might At that time, it might legitimately have been helping the sales of first-party content. Now it probably isn't helping. The, it's probably... They're probably their their margins on first party content is probably not nearly as good as if they were just selling it. But like I said, if they're taking a loss on their first party content to make to to make gains throughout their storefront and everywhere like that, then that's that's fine. That's they're using they're using their resources to attract customers and make more money in mm -hmm. overall than they could otherwise. So who who cares? We're getting a better deal. I, I, I cannot understand why people are mad when the consumer's getting a better deal. If they like it. Now if you don't like Game Pass, well you still have the option to just buy the fucking shit and nothing's changed. I, I don't get it. I don't get the complaints. <laughs> Can someone explain the complaints to me? Where how is this a bad system for anyone? Right. Well, apparently, the only, the only reason it would be a bad system for someone is if you were forced to put your game into it, and you're you're you not because they cloud, own you. You get it on cloud. You get it on PC. Uh, you know, listen. I, that's the thing. I, I think it's a very positive thing. I yeah. just kind of, I, I kind of feel. I've never understood anyone who's like, oh, but it's cannibal. Who, who cares? Who, they, they're obviously happy with the system. Who cares? But the thing who is, you, you have to so buy it. Really, it's just been really, there's I, been a lust of hate lately. Um, it's been in the and, Outriders case. Like, you look at that game. I know the devs saying, like, well, it must have hurt us. They, they weren't like, have gotten no, their royalties anyway. No one was, the yeah. amount of people that were not talking about that game until that announcement he yeah. made on... I think you it was MSNBC. The graph. Yeah, it's, I it's hilarious. No, I didn't never even seen a glimpse of it, and I played the shit out of that game. I, I had no glimpse or even wherewithal of that game existing yeah. on my radar, except for some people mm. just talking about it, how it reminded them of Gears. Never seen it, just heard people talking about it. Um, but when that announcement happened, it exploded like everybody out of nowhere started caring about Outriders. 
you yeah. saw all over Twitter, everybody was talking about Outriders out of nowhere. Yeah, and it it's... kept going because all these people had access to it. And then same people on PlayStation and PC was like, oh shit, it's all in my feed. Everybody's playing it. Oh, let me So yeah, it's, it's going to cannibalize first party sales. Who cares? If yeah. Microsoft's doing it and they're making the Xbox divisions doing better than ever and consumers are generally more happy with the, the products they're getting, who who cares exactly how the money's coming in as long as it's still coming in? And at this point, I have no reason to think it's not coming in because it's not like the division has dropped radically in revenue outside of the last quarter, which well gestures at the economy. I mean, you gestures still... at their lack of launches. I think you'll see a big year over year. Yeah, I, I, I agree too. I think there'll be a huge year over year next year, and I think that'll. I think even in the later quarters of this year, we'll see. We'll see better stuff. I don't. I, I think quarter one is still well, going to not the issue, be a very good looking quarter. The right? issue, guys, but, is that Xbox hasn't had a consistent uh, release yes, schedule for games. As soon as as soon as they start launching a minimum of two super large, super big hitting games a year, which this year looks like we will have that with Forza and Starfield. We might have, we might have four. Yeah. We might have multiple. I'm not gonna quite. I'm not quite ready to put Redfield in that category. I mean, a, a Redfall in that category. Uh, it could be. It very, very easily could be. But I mean, it's none of Arcane's none, none of Arcane's games have been that like absolutely massively. Everyone wants to play it successful. They've always been niche successful, which is fine. It's, it's good. Mm. I like those kind of games. I love Prey. Right. I'm mm. not. I'm not dishing. I, I'm just not. I'm not going to put I it in the Forza but it's Starfield still a category. A. Yeah. yeah, it's still AAA. I'm saying, like, once they have, like, two or three super heavy hitter games launched in a year, which, I mean, based on what they have announced, based on what they have in development, that they have to hit that at some point, right? right. They have to. Um, I think we'll do it this year easy with Forza and Starfield alone. We might have Hellblade. We might, ha you know, later. We, we don't know what the sec what's planned for the second half of the year. But, you know, we... That's when the some the articles will stop, because right now there's no... There's no consistent trust to base things off of. Mm. It's one thing that I've been saying, and like people have hammered me for, but I've been saying it. And a lot of this goes away when consistency arrives, Please. right? A lot mm. of it goes away when consistency 100%. arrives. That's true. And um, also, the other thing you have to take into account is literally half of these articles are written because of Google's SEO, because these companies, the the the, the websites make money based mm -hmm, off yeah. of people viewing their shit and I'm so if you've ever if you've ever wondered why there is always an article based on is this game coming to playstation when it's an xbox exclusive it is not because that company is actually believes that or is or, or even the writer believes any of that or is answering a, a, a heavy hitting question they are writing for the algorithm because the algorithm because people are searching that right mm -hmm. that is 99 percent of those articles Oh yeah, it's a good point. People are searching this, um, and it has blown up on Twitter, and people are talking about it. Let's get in on the the Google search engine yeah. uh, side of it, and let's make some money for the site on an article that is just basically copy and paste to write from someone else. Okay, that that that's that's that that's why these that articles sense. constantly blow up. And when there is consistency in the brand. A lot of it goes away because a lot of that's that, that's no longer something you're searching. That's no longer user searches or anything like that, right? Yeah, when... I, I remember. You, you know what? I, like, some, like I have guys that say Sony pays off the media. I don't listen. I don't. It's, I don't, it's not. 
I don't yeah. I don't believe that that happens. Um, but let's be honest. At the beginning of the year and, and when Halo and Forza 5, Forza Horizon 5 came out, there was a real big positive buzz going around yes. about that. Huge positive buzz. It was and Psychonauts well. too. Don't forget Psychonauts. Psychonauts and it was just just had a really strong year, and then and uh, then it, you it, had the delays, and then uh, Sony really just started kicking Xbox's ass, which it has done in a lot of previous gens. Like last gen, you know, uh, they started like in 2016, really started to pull away. The difference is here. I do think that Xbox is set up in a way that if they can get the COD deal to go through somehow. Um, albeit maybe concessions. I don't know how they can figure that out. Um, uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, you know, I'll give you some of my insight uh, on when we go on to that subject. But um, if they can get that deal and they can have possibly Hellblade this year and consistently have a pretty much a game per month, it looks like, uh, they, they can have an amazing year. I do think that at the end of the year, people will start to be positive again about Xbox. I do uh, wonder if the Call of Duty game this year actually would even launch into Game Pass. Not because of any concessions or anything, but because it still has the I, marketing yeah. deal with... This is the last the last year with the marketing deal with PlayStation. I legitimately don't know if that would... Based on when that was written, based on Game Pass came into... I, I genuinely don't know if that would preclude a launch or not. No idea. That's, that's complete speculation on my part. I know we've talked about this, and, and I know... And, and I agree with you. You definitely have sound logic there. And um, to be honest, I would agree with you. But I did hear something that if, if they do get the deal, they're going to clear out the, the, the calendar. And yeah, and I guarantee the, other... the back catalog will come. It's just, yeah. it, it would be very interesting to find out if anything that's under the current Call of Duty contract. Well, <laughs> oh, Diablo, Diablo would come right away. Diablo would come right away. Uh, like, right. anything Blizzard would come right away. I mean, yeah, Microsoft talking, has think parking about rights that for year. Diablo, for Christ's sake. I mean, just think um, about that year. If they, if they, could, yeah. they could have possibly held, I mean, they could really have an amazing it's, year. And nobody's really talking about it other than pro Xbox centric sites. But, you know, listen, I'm, I'm happy. Tomorrow we have the Monday embargo, and I want to ask the panel. Uh, we're not going to go uh, f go on this. I just want to hear Metacritic prediction for Atomic Heart because we will 85. have one. I'm at 75. Okay. I'll say 82. High 70s. Job. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, put out low 80s. Now, I would have went 85 or around things, but I read some of these impressions, and there's a lot of complaining in them, so. Mm. Oh, boy. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Not like complaining. It was complaining. It wasn't really complaining. You know what the most biggest complaint was? That the the, the guy, the main character's, uh, uh, you know, his character is bland. Oh. And he reminds me of the guy of dying oh, life. No. He doesn't, you know, uh... <laughs> Like, ah, listen, I don't know. If the game's great, do you really have to, do you have to really? Yeah. From what I've seen, I'm, I'm, Isaac in Dead Space uh, 1, he was really bland. <laughs> you know, he didn't talk. Yeah, because but that I was such I a disappointment. I don't need to have, I don't need to have, I don't need to have if I didn't talk. As the protagonist. Yeah. Master you Chief I mean? barely talked in a lot of the early Halo games, but, you know, look what Halo well, did. He was bland. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean... I'll be more curious what the actual user reviews are. Like that's what I kind of go off of more than the, than the journalist. I mean, it looks really cool. Yeah, world is what is supposed to like speak to you, like kind of like a bio, kind of like a Bioshock 
type we're game. You're, that's all you're. You're the person, and it's this world that you're invested in. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm. We're also dealing with a game that's written by, um, Pradon like. I know it's not just Russian. Where was like I know they came from. Is technically where their studios placed. That is in the backwest. I've heard that. Yeah, they're 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 technically based in Cyprus as a legal entity. They are a right. Russian studio. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's where I'm just like, are, like yeah, like, no, but just to put it out there, like it. there were people calling for it in the beginning of the war uh, when it started. There were people calling for it to be. You know, not to, to be put mm -hmm. on Xbox or whatever. Which but I don't understand, because, I mean, like, you're going to condemn they're, them They're funded for... partly by the... Uh, I believe they have grants from the Russian government, in part. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Still do it still doesn't mean that they're in agreement with what's going on. I mean, I actually listened to some metal performers yeah, no. out of that part of the world that yeah. completely denounce what, what the yeah, government is doing. They I got news for you. That, you though. can't really do that, though. Like... Yeah, they can't. <laughs> if I were them, I wouldn't say anything. Uh, yeah. Small studios had grants from like the U.S. when we sure. That is my argument as <laughs> well. Because like, I mean, look at what we've done to the fucking. We literally did the same thing to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we could get into geopolitics. Yeah. But like, but no, move on. No, 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 no. No, I, I totally, I totally understand what you guys mean. Like honestly, and like we could have a real healthy discussion, a real mature discussion on it. But I mean, we got to get to some some of the other topics. But I do agree. I I think that Atomic Heart is on Game Pass. Yeah. Right. No, 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 no. It's been a fantastic, fantastic discussion, guys. Honestly. Yeah. And the chat's been having a really healthy discussion too guys you guys have been awesome and if you guys haven't done so give it a like guys and share this show out awesome. love having you here i um, know i know my uh sorry to cut you off but i know my um my my take on the whole stupid redfall thing will be very short <laughs> well i think mine will be yeah that'll be quick and easy too i think everyone's yeah. is gonna be it's just very it just we kind of have to touch on it but uh guys you want to get it out of the way uh okay i guess we can do that now i mean yeah you we know get it out of the way okay five five minutes the, the ftc style the brussels thing just just to let that's you gonna know. go on and on yeah that's yeah that, that's a big deal too yeah. february 21st yeah. we will talk about it when okay we get to it. all right guys well yeah okay we'll have a little bit of time we'll have a, a small interlude here with the redfall uh talk um so uh, in case anybody doesn't know earlier this week bethesda's support site put out a statement um, it originally stating that both Xbox and PC copies of the game would have codes in them instead of actual discs, and there was a massive uproar in a in a like a very short period of time. And then Bethesda soon went on to correct that statement, saying that yes, Xbox games will contain discs, uh, the standard versions, uh, but it still feel like it still feels like puzzled how bethesda could have like screwed up something very very simple in their own statements uh yeah crusader please dig into this because i mean you know i think everybody just has kind of a short and sweet kind of uh, yeah. statement on this <laughs> yeah for those who don't know i am an it specialist help desk specialist i write these kind of support articles as part of my job all the freaking time and reading that article i I questioned whether or not what everyone else thought, you know, oh, it, does this mean that it doesn't come with a physical disc? That is something that they're, that whoever writes their support article should have caught immediately and not published, and they should have refined it. That is just 
bad, bad, bad article writing. In an in one of those articles, they wrote it very concise and very neatly, and it answered that question. However, they didn't add context to the question itself by saying, oh, by adding a related article saying, like, this is what you get physically, or having something, if you are looking for the physical contents, go here, right? And so that's just bad KB writing, knowledge-based writing. And really, you know, did people get upset? Yes. Should they have gotten upset? I mean, I, I believe that if you're selling a physical plastic box without a disc in it, you are in the wrong, whatever company you are. It really only happens right now with third parties with Nintendo. Some third parties with Nintendo do that, and it's dumb as shit. Why are you wasting the plastic to ship someone a code? Just sell the code. Is it that important to have your thing listed at a GameStop? I mean, on Amazon, they sell codes. Why, 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 whatever. And so I get why everyone got mad. I respect why everyone got mad. It's it was it would be a dumb decision. And based on the support article, that is what it looked like. That being said, I'm happy they quickly solved it, and they need to structure their support site better so that there are more linked articles and more context to things. Um, I, ne I I personally never would have let that that particular article go live. That it was just poorly worded. Mm -hmm. well, for me, um, I think it was a combination of them uh, two weeks ago saying that they're going to be always online. Yep. Always, yep, always online. online. I think he kind of had like a, a bullseye on it. Yep. And I agree with you that uh, they're probably not the best worded. But I will say this, oh, man, a lot of people went with it, made videos, hey. uh, went absolutely nuts. Uh, oh, yeah. Before really getting officials. Um, I mean, that is an official statement, mind you. A support yeah, article well, is I mean, an official listen. statement. And if there isn't clarity in a support article, which a support article is the, like, most authoritative point about a game, because it will have the most detail, because it's supposed to answer any question a consumer can bring. And the fact that they didn't have their support articles all linked together, it's just bad practice. Bad in the IT field, it's an awful IT practice, because you're going to confuse end, end users who don't understand how to use computers, right? In this case, you're just confusing consumers who are trying to buy something. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I guess it, you, you do have a point there. Uh, but I guess the moral of the story is, too, is, um, you know, when you have a, a bullseye on you, anything that you're going to do is really going to be under the microscope. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, they showed some uh, gameplay today uh, of the game, and, and it's progressively looking better and better. So I'm really excited about it. Um, I think... Uh, a lot of the, uh, the 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 online stuff. Listen, I was a digital gamer in in uh, in 360 era. Put it that way. I started to transition to 360 to digital. I wanted just immediately. I, I was never not a collector, but um, and I understand people want physical. Uh, but you know, listen, I, I I I hate to say it. It's 2023. I mean. If we're really having problems with these games, um, and I agree that there are some people that are affected that sucks, uh, I just think that's more of a... I think at this point, everyone should have internet, and if there's they're living in a place without internet, uh, that's something that they, their government or something has to get well, straightened out. Well, you do have to think know? about data caps and stuff, too, in that regard. Yeah, that's crazy that there's data caps. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't imagine having a data cap, but I know people who do, and I'm like, that's Yeah, true, that's a good point. That's a very good point, and but 
I, I just don't. I but personally, I just I I can't get behind. I can't be passionate about it against it because mm. I just feel like we're just. I, I, yeah. Personally, I'm so right. past that. I was ready in 2013, and now it's like 2023. Um, but I do think that if they could. Uh, give us a reason why they're doing it. I think that would go a long way. I think most people are just pissed off because, and that that goes a lot of Xbox fans because they've come to me. And this is not like a fanboy thing. And many Xbox fanboy fan uh, fans came to me and said, "What the hell, Tim?" Uh, I think they just want an answer, and uh, I do think that there is an answer. Maybe uh, Bethesda uh, or Arcane can 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 give some of the people the answers that they seek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a few things I could say about this. Honestly, I'm just kind of shocked by how much the media wants to probe at uh, Redfall. Like, I'm not saying it's the top of my list for anything, but I mean, it, I, I do definitely want to give it a shot. It just seems like they want to nitpick things about it, even though, I mean, it does look like a pretty fun game and it, it does have a release date. It's not too far away. And I am looking forward to seeing more about it. it. Just it seems like you know they really want to dig into it for some reason, and I really just I have no clue why, unless it's just the Xbox tag attached to it. Um, Shockley, buddy. I mean, I'm curious what your thoughts here on it. I know that uh, you've gone digital uh, in recent years. Uh, what do you think about this whole kerfluffle? Uh, yeah, I think it was just like a big to do about nothing like it was online if it they've already the bigger issue should have been hey the single player is always online because the second that happens whether there's a disc in there that disc is it might as well be a code like if if anything that kiss that uh that disc is even worse because if it's if the game's not actually on the disc to where you can play it offline then if I lose the disc, then I lose access because I probably have to keep the disc in there kind of like as a key like we do with our backwards compatible 360 games. You have to initiate it. So if I lose that, oh, it's, I'm kind of more liable of not being able to play an always online game. So at that point, I totally don't care. <laughs> like, nor should I think anyone now you should be upset with them if it's like, hey, it's all online only and there's a single player aspect Technically, Destiny is kind of that same way. However, Destiny does force you into strikes for the story, which is matchmaking only. So technically, it's not single player, even though you can play the story single player, basically, in a way. But you are forced into the multiplayer for a couple of missions. Um, but other than that... The um, disc does act as an installer for people with data caps. That is one thing that, yeah. that someone did bring up to me yeah, is that, that even with online-only games, the discs can be very useful because you can actually disconnect your console from the internet, install the game, then turn it back on, so you're not ever actually using any of your data cap. And that that is, that is for some people in the United States who get f***ed over because the ISPs here fucking suck um, in, in many regions... Um, that, that is a that is a big thing about at least this, in the US. I, yeah, I don't know about other countries. Usually, like Comcast, they're not any saint, but usually theirs is like a terabyte, and usually yeah. they give you a couple warnings. Plus, a lot of times they don't even do anything about it when I go over. So, and it really depends on the state. I know, like I'm in Pennsylvania, yeah. and we don't really have data caps like at all i got is a foreign thing to me here like tim in new york it's also pretty much a foreign thing right yeah for sure yeah i would go crazy man. yeah I, they they talked about doing it here and there was like a hundred thousand signed petition and they backed down within like 
Yeah. Three, like seventy-two hours. Well, what was it? What was it? I forgot what it was called. It was um, it was a big thing a couple of years ago. I know that you'll know because you're an IT professional. Remember they were doing a thing where they Net neutrality. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that was supposed to be real screwed up. And well, they, I mean, it it died, but then they tried to do some things after neutrality, and everyone was like, "Hey, go screw yourself." It and never we're went like, okay, through, we right? cannot get away with this. Did it ever come close? Yeah. I don't want to get too in a rabbit hole and go yeah. down this, but did it ever come close? Uh, so there was some there was some talk about changing some stuff in like Pennsylvania specifically with the ISPs, but like the state threatened to change the state law and they just kind of backed down. Um, mm -hmm. so, but yeah, in some regions it is totally screwed up. And for those people, I'm like, yeah, I, I get why you um why you actually still buy mm -hmm. discs. I, I, I totally get it. Now, Centurion Pal, I mean, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Um, because, you know, we saw a huge uproar because of this, and it was just kind of really random on the timeline. I'm like, hmm, what's this with the whole Redfall disc thing? And it just kind of, I don't know. I mean, Bethesda corrected it, but just, I don't know. It's kind of a nothing burger in my opinion. But what's your thoughts? Oh, I'm I'm right there with you on the nothing burger. Um, I mean, I don't know why we got, I, I like, I, I agree with Crusader. I agree with everybody here, um, that the internet infrastructure in the United States is pretty bad. I mean, we're still seeing, I still see articles to this day, uh, where people are cheering, getting, uh, data connections over a hundred megabits a second to certain rural parts of the United States. And I mean, that that's pretty bad when literally i mean there's people that don't even have uh access to what we consider basic high-speed internet i mean uh, the town that my dad was in was at like 25 megabits a second it was absolutely ridiculous what you had out there you had just enough to stream netflix um and so but i'm also used to games having uh like we all remember PUBG, the cardboard box they're, they're the the card that was in there to basically give you access to PUBG. Um, so this is why I feel like it's a nothing burger. Um, it's basically the root of a bigger issue, and that is the fact that nobody has access to decent internet. Um, I happen to have a data cap. I, I actually paid my way out of my data cap, and that was because of my wife's work. Um, I with my wife's work and what I, cause I cut the cable, I stream everything. I don't have satellite or cable. Everything is delivered through the internet. Um, I play on my Xbox very consistently. My wife works remotely from home. I'm using about two terabytes and a half of data every single month. I would be a ISP server's dream if I wasn't able to pay my way out of my data cap. Um, but that's pretty much I, I have to agree with you, man. It's a nothing burger for me um, because in all actuality, I don't even really go out and buy digital games. Very, I mean, excuse me, physical games very much anymore um, purely because, I mean, at least out here in Phoenix, um, they turned the the, tar the target right down the road from me. They turned the, the physical media section for movies into a bookstore. Like, they're not even really selling physical movies anymore. Uh, for me to find move, and I collect physical movies. For me to find them anymore, I have to buy them on the internet. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be also happening with games anymore. When I go to games, 
um, there, there's more catering towards the PlayStation because they have the bigger install base, but anything physical for Xbox is very rarely ever there. Um, and so I've just gotten in the habit of just purchasing uh, digital on a regular basis just out of convenience because I'm tired of hunting for it, at least here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I used to go to Best Buy, Future Shop back in the day, and, you know, there'd be aisles of, uh, you know, this physical media, you know, movies, games, too, and now it's just like, you know, you got a, maybe one or two uh, little aisles, and then that's about it, if you're lucky. Um, a lot they're closing Best Buys here in Phoenix. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Well, they're, they're, they're going to have certain key stores, but there used to be Best Buys everywhere, and, uh, yeah, the one by my work, uh, the final day of uh, the doors being open is March 1st. Um, and I think they're going to shut down the other one that's close by to my home. Uh, and basically for me to go visit Best Buy now, I'm going to have to go on like a 15, 20 minute drive to a certain to a bigger part of Phoenix. Uh, and I think the only reason why they're going to keep that Best Buy alive is because it's also where they they have an appliance store in there where you go and buy your Samsung fridges and all your freaking high end freaking uh, kitchen uh, shit. So that's where, yeah, I, I, it's kind of sad, man. You're seeing a lot of the retailers that we grew up with. Like, uh, my God, does anybody remember Sam Goody? No, no, no. Oh my that. God. Yeah. That was great. You listened to your, all right. You know, I'm 10 years younger than you. Yeah. So that probably <laughs> wouldn't be a shock. Dude, Sam Goody was the place where you could go and get all the movies and physical media you could you could listen and to your CDs before you bought them. <laughs> yes, uh, dude, that was where you would. Uh, dude, you go to Walmart, you get the you get the basic version of that movie. We'll use Pitch Black for example, the Vin Diesel movie Pitch Black. You buy that movie at Walmart, you never knew anything outside of that version of it. You go to Sam Goody, they're like, "Hey, did you know there's a director's cut? Get out! There's a director's cut. Yeah, right here. If you just order it right here, we'll bring it in for you." Like, they would sell you versions of movies that you didn't even knew freaking existed. Um, that place was so awesome. And then, obviously, Netflix came in and shut down uh, Blockbuster, Planet Video, and all the other rental, like, actual brick-and-mortar rental stores. And then Sam Goody uh, followed in suit with them because they were just like, well, nobody's showing up anymore. We got iTunes and all the other streaming services for music, nobody's really showing up for movies anymore, and they shut the doors. They were just a victim of the digital age, and it's it's still slowly happening to this day, but mm -hmm. that's where I get frustrated that there's this huge shift to digital everything, uh, but the United States is so antiquated when it comes to the Internet. Well, you know what? You go to that Best Buy Centurion and buy, like, 50 physical discs of Peppa Pig, and support them all right <laughs> actually they they already took the gaming section apart at that best buy those so, like they, bastards you that was like the first thing they did because they're like yeah we're not liquidating the gaming because i was like are you guys gonna liquidate the stuff oh it's already gone oh, my God. oh never mind you moved it to other stores <laughs> uh how about you mld i want you to chime in on this one what do you think about this whole uh, redfall disc kind of uh drama that's not a drama <laughs> Yeah, I'm just okay. Well, the, how how it was worded is one thing. Okay, obviously that was a mistake, but I, I'm just amazed at how fast the bad news traveled with like what zero fact checking. Like maybe you want to clarify. Like a, a like fanboys on Twitter is one thing, but 
Uh, even some uh, I, did like gaming uh, publications uh, comment on this too. Anyone, yeah, they did. Yeah. And the, the reason why they're not fact checking is, I mean, that is it's straight up what the support site said, right? And that's why you have to write clear, concise, and in context support site stuff because you're, that is your official word. And if your official word can be easily misconstrued, would like it was, then you've screwed yourself because they're not going to come to you to, to fact check stuff because that is the fact checking. The support site is the fact checking. That That is like one of those major things that like a, a lot of people will base their articles and stuff on is like support articles or uh, the similar kind of articles that go to the press called press releases, right? We've all heard of press releases. Uh, which I get that, but and, I mean, we all can't discount the whole, I think, I think a, there's this whole narrative just like Xbox, uh, uh, there's, there's, let's just say there's, there's vultures circling over xbox like no other brand in gaming I, and I, i'm gonna be real i thought it was i thought i i was with the people who thought that microsoft was doing that and the reason i thought it was because the whole always online thing right like it it, it all kind of just added up does that make sense and I, I personally if i was writing an article on, on that subject matter wouldn't have gone anywhere further than the support article which is why i said the lesson to be learned here is write better support articles and while I do see that, I, I can't help just feel like it got too bad too fast. And it was only because, you know, Xbox bad, everything else is good. Like that kind of like negative sentiment a lot of people have sure. on, on, on this subject. I don't know. I feel like it just, it traveled too far too fast. And it, you know, maybe just, you know, it, it shouldn't have. That's what I'm saying. They made them, Bethesda made the mistake, sure, but... I don't know. It was also the, a the, slow the Thursday. It, the internet just took it to 11 way too quickly. I'm it with was General a slow MLD Thursday. on that. I'm with General on how he feels because we saw it earlier this week with uh, certain websites wanting to somehow uh, coin the narrative that Xbox gamers don't buy games because of some stupid-ass physical sales chart. Wow. Yeah, like, it, it's more than just a simple mistake uh, on a support page. And... I, I think some fans were were uh, trying to sh uh, display the double standard. I think like the like what God of War Ragnarok had this like massive top tier kind of like bundle to buy, and it came with a steel book, but it said, "Oh, steel book doesn't have a game inside; it's just a code." And people were saying like, "Oh, well, where was the outrage for this?" But but uh, for Redfall, you guys just pounce on that like a bunch of vultures. I don't know, like, yeah, there definitely is a yeah. anti-Xbox bias here. I'm glad you yeah. brought that up, because you're right. The Jolinar edition, 200 freaking dollars for an, for a fucking code card. Thank you, yeah. So, yeah, that's right. I did yeah. do right. Now, did they ship that code card before the, the they shipped the Jolinar edition? No, like, actually, did you get the, here what's even I, messed right. up. No, what's messed up is they had Jolinar edition, editions that okay, got messed that up at messed. the factory, and they forgot yeah. to put the cards in the box. Yeah, that that's see, like Bungie sold the phys the giant physical edition of Lightfall, and that comes with a digital code. Well, number one, they don't sell physical like it's an expansion, you're not selling it physically. But number two, when you buy the their collector's edition from their store, right? You you buy it the day they announce it. You get the code the day they announce it, right? So you're not waiting to play it, you know. And if they had done that with the Unar edition, I'd be like, all right, whatever, that's actually fine. But like the fact that it's cut, it's still in the box. It's dumb as hell. Uh, dumb it, as hell. Yeah, it got it got so bad that they forgot that there was a certain. I forget how many units got produced 
where apparently whoever's job it was to put the card in the box failed at their one task, and they sent out numerous versions of the Jolinar edition without that card in it, and they were writing to PlayStation, and basically PlayStation made some of these people, I think, wait like two, three weeks past the launch date before they were even emailed the code because PlayStation thought that these people were lying until all of a sudden it was like, a large amount of people this happened to like literally there was unboxings on twitch mm-hmm. where you would see people opening it up and the only the, it was like a cutout Wolf. where the card was supposed to be and it was an empty cutout mm-hmm. see that's almost become normal like like the stupid codes and no physical copy and mm-hmm. deluxe editions almost become like a standard that's fucking stupid hmm this is interesting. I just noticed that the Recore account on Instagram just posted something after like what five, six years. That's interesting. What? Yeah. What? It's really, <laughs> what? Yeah, really random. I know. Sorry, I just happened to be scrolling through Instagram and Recore Game just kind of tweeted out. I mean, sorry, uh, not tweeted. Uh, just posted something on Instagram. Just and something very cryptic. They, there's like a weird. I don't know what it is. Uh, and the, it says, anyone know what I'm up to with this cryptic code? Eh, that's kind of weird. Okay. <laughs> just very random. Sorry, I thought I'd share it's, that. It's just Instagram, too. They didn't do it on Twitter. I just checked. Yeah. Sorry. I just, I again, I, I just thought I'd mention that. Very random. It might weird. mean nothing. But, I mean, I mean, despite Recourse faults, I, I really loved it, personally. But, you know. I liked it. I liked it, though. I thought, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot to dive into there, but uh, I, I really enjoyed that game. So just, again, something to comment on. Um, okay, guys, I think we've, you know, said what we had to with Redfall. Why don't we move on to our last bit of news? It's a beefy one, and it's, um, you know, we've touched on the Microsoft and Activision deal ordeal you know I, I guess it's been a while since because you know I, uh, we, we could always we all kind of freaked out about it yeah exactly right i don't freak out about all the little small bits of news but you know it, we're coming up to something big here and um big. yeah and this week there's the eu hearing where microsoft will present its defense and arguments for the acquisition of Activision. Now, Sony is expected to be present at this hearing, as well as many other high-profile names with the likes of NVIDIA, EA, Google, and Valve, just to name a few. So it's definitely something that we'll need to keep our eyes and ears on, although it is a closed hearing. Uh, Tim, bud, yeah, dive into it. How are you uh, feeling heading into this uh, closed hearing? Well, I'll tell you this much. Xbox is... um, They are telling people this is a big deal. Uh... And to be, you know, keep your eyes open that day. Uh, the Phil's going, Brad Smith's going, Bobby Kotick's going, uh, Jim Ryan's going for Sony. Uh, there'll be other notables there. Uh, I think EA's going to be there. Valve, uh, Gabe uh, probably will be there. Uh, it's going to be... Um, I wish they could show it on TV, put it that way. It's going to be intense. There's going to be... Uh, I'm sure Phil's going to talk. Jim Jim's going to talk. And they're going to have this roundabout discussion about the deal. And uh, what hopefully comes about after is, is the time after uh, is what we're looking at. What I'm hearing is very critical. Um, because if Xbox makes a case, uh, and uh, let's say uh, like in the movies where Brad Smith comes up and you know, he makes a speech and everyone's cheering or whatever. Just, you know, 
uh, you know, joking about the theatrics, but you know, um, uh, if it's a heated discussion and they make a lot of good points, and I do think that they have facts on their side, uh, market share, uh, software sales, um, the the fact that uh, even with Game Pass, uh, Sony, you know, you know, Sony's outselling on software seventy to thirty. Uh, you know, Xbox has a 10% share in UK, in, uh, in e e EU, in Europe itself, a little bit higher in UK, but not anything to write home about. Uh, so um, some of the arguments, I think, against it are pretty ridiculous. And I think that Xbox uh, is going to have a really strong chance to, uh, you know, make its case. And um, I can tell you this much. Xbox and Activision... They're both super piped in here now. Uh, when I say that, like they're dug in, they you know they're going ahead as per if 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 the deal is gonna go through. Um, basically, uh, they're gonna go to court. If you know, I know that there's with the CMA, uh, they can appeal. Uh, FTC foregone conclusion, they're gonna go to court. They know they're gonna smash FTC in court. Uh, and I do think that they think EU is going to have uh, remedies, uh, behavioral remedies that they can come to an agreement. Maybe it's Call of Duty perpetuated, perpetually, meaning whenever it comes out, it comes out on PlayStation. Uh, I think they'll do what they have to do uh, to get this deal done. And, um, you know, I, for a couple, about three weeks, I was just like, this deal is not going to go through. Uh, but uh, Microsoft, honestly has me feeling knowing you know the conversations that i've had uh off the record and stuff like that uh you know all i can tell you is is that they are like super confident they're gonna get through uh and i think they're taking that uh you know i think they're taking it to, they're gonna take it to the end put it that way uh because they feel like the argument uh is a non-starter it really you know if you look at the facts, you look at the market share, you look at the share of games sold on software, you look at, um, you know, uh, whatever you want to look, any metric, it, it, this is not going to debilitate or catastrophically change the, you know, the, uh, the dynamic here. It, it, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give Xbox a bump, um, but the deal is also... Uh, uh, you know, on mobile and uh, also the storefront, uh, you know, Battlefront or whatever they have, uh, Battle.net. Um, uh, they have, uh, uh, you know, in mobile, it's not even the, the, the actual, it would be a welcome addition to, to the mobile gaming, uh, uh, you know, storefront to make it for competition. Uh, so there's a lot of good things that, are, that, that could come up with this. Activision... Super, super Kotig on down want to be with Xbox. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think that anybody should be forced to divest. I think that that's way too, way too critical, uh, way too um, extreme, heavy. Uh, you know, I'm a little tired, so maybe not the best of words right now, but, you know, way too, too much. Basically, I think that, to be honest, uh, they, they can come up with some type of deal uh, where even Sony can, you know, get some maybe something that's 
you would say is a little uh, much for Sony. You know, I think for whatever way that they could do, uh, they can make it happen. And I do think uh, in the end, um, I think they're they're gonna get this. They're gonna get it done by hook or by crook. Um, but February twenty first, you know, uh, we're talking about the media. Uh, they're they're claiming it's their last ditch effort. Uh, you and I know that that's that's complete bullshit because they'll be reporting the next little thing the the day after. You know what I mean? Like the little bit of a thing. Um, but it is it is a real chance to uh, you know make your case. And uh, as Foss Patton's on 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 Twitter explains too, um, you know. Uh, uh, you know the, that's the those are the days are critical so basically if they make a big if they make a big play and uh you know and and they get they get uh the people talking they can possibly really come to a deal and um if they could get to like some type of place where they could get behavioral remedies and and whatever it takes to get the deal done uh, I really believe FTC is, is going to crumble. Uh, they've had a lot of issues, and they were really heavy-handed in this. And uh, at the end of the day, I mean, Xbox is like Microsoft is super confident that they're, they're – I think they'll just go through and just say, you want to take us to federal court, take us to federal court. Because they don't – they know that, that FTC doesn't have a case. Um, and, uh, they, they were, you know, it was basically Lena Khan was on a political mission, uh, against big tech and, uh, you know, they wanted to make sure that their, their scrutiny was high, which the scrutiny on this, I think we all can agree is, has been a 10. So, you know, there's been no free passes. There's been, you know, nothing given here to Xbox or Microsoft. Uh, it's been fully vetted. And um, I'm really hoping that we can come to an end. Stay tuned February 21st uh, and the next couple of days. You can follow my Twitter. You can follow Foss Payton's post up. Any, uh, you know, all of us really post Crusaders. Uh, you know, um, uh, we'll be on top of it. And, and hopefully, hopefully we can really put this to bed because uh, I know, you know, I, I've been a baby about it. I admit, I've been knee-jerked. We went crazy one night about Frank Shaw. I had, like, Pacta telling me to shut up. in PMs, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, uh, it's just been really annoying because uh, I don't want to talk about this stuff. I want to talk about games. I don't want to talk about CMA. I want to talk about, you know, uh, RDNA 2 or, you know, what's the next games that's using mess shaders or... Whatever. I, I don't want to talk about or what studio they're going to buy, or I don't want to talk about this. And, uh, you know, thank, thanks to every one of the fans, you know, the people that come here, the people in chat, uh, you know, fans of the show for just dealing with me, Babylon, uh, about it. Cause, um, you know, I hate talking about it, but uh, I do, do want to give you guys a somewhat of. A knowledgeable opinion, or you know, and I've talked to a lot of people. Uh, there's people writing to the CMA. Uh, you can write to the CMA if you want, if you feel real strongly about it. Uh, there's an email address. Uh, if you need the email address, you can just hit me up with a DM. DM. Yes. There's been a lot of Xbox fans that have written, and and from what I've heard, they read the, these 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 uh, these 
these emails. So they ignore them if they don't come from the correct geopolitical block. So if you're in the UK, email the CMA. If you're not in the UK, don't bother because they're going to ignore it because right. you're not within their purview. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so if you are in America, do not bother writing the CMA. You can write the FTC. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Uh, let's see here, uh, Shockley, buddy. I mean, I would love your thoughts on this. What do you think about, uh, you know, Xbox? Are we going to be putting up a defense here? Uh, um, you know, putting up their thoughts with regards to, you know, why this deal should go through. I mean, should we be concerned? I mean, do you agree with what Tim said? You know, please let us know. Yeah, as, as far as with the uh, deal, I think they're making their case, you know, pretty clear as far as, uh, you know, that it's, <laughs> I think uh, Satya was kind of comparing like, hey, like, as far as like, uh, look at, PlayStation, look at Nintendo, look at the, or just PlayStation, which is more of their direct competitor, look at their uh, kind of stranglehold they have on the market, just like in other countries outside of the US, uh, especially like you made a big point of like Japan and, and Europe even uh, as a whole. So um, not that they have to compete, but it's like <laughs> Sony did kind of have that head start where, you know, for a good you know, almost a decade where, like, you know, Sega and Nintendo made it super easy. Hey, we're just going to almost crash and implode our market share and give it all to Sony, which, <laughs> yeah, they had competitors with those two, but, like, those two were just, you know, coming out as an utter disaster that gen, and, you know, they kind of uh, took in the reins. And then when Xbox took over, like in you know to replace kind of like Sega's spot, um, you know they were a newcomer. A lot of people, even myself included, back then was like, "There's no way they can come in and compete. They're gonna get bounced out, you know, hella early." Um, and then and Nintendo, we saw what Nintendo did. So they had like two generations where they could just dominate the market because either the players there just didn't know what they're doing or just like were super stubborn and didn't adapt and then the others were newcomers and couldn't compete on that level in that market yet um so they've been able to build up this brand and dominance and then now when you actually had you know microsoft really competing with the 360 and then um and i would say now this gen um even with the 360 like it was just trying to get them to get even even though 360 was having like microsoft was having their best run of you know the xbox division (laughs) it was just to kind of like get neck and neck with them finally um so i mean as far as the uh i think they're making a pretty good case as as far as um just everything that they've kind of stated of like hey if we don't you know it's not like hey we can't compete but hey let us get some more of the market share because like they said they're not going to make it exclusive what everybody's worried about um, and they're even trying to sign 10 year deals. So I, I don't understand why it's such a big issue if they're about this one game, whereas, you know, they let Bungie, who's still like one of the biggest players in first person and destiny is a big, probably the biggest, um, I would say kind of like looter shooter in that market. And I didn't even see there was any kind of hearing or anybody like worried about what would happen with Bungie's games. They just stated, hey, we don't have any exclusive deals. We 
don't have to have you sign a 10-year deal, whatever. We're just saying, hey, they're going to, for what we see in the future coming, those games are coming to all platforms. And then no one bat an eye. But, you know, with Call of Duty, everybody's, like, losing their mind. But It's the difference um, in value. Yeah, I mean, there, there yeah, it's, there is. You're talking a forty million or forty billion dollar franchise versus a what two one was it three billion four billion? How, how much did they buy all of like Bungie, including their like, like three, so three yeah. something. Yeah, you're you're talking for Call of Duty alone, it's a forty billion dollar franchise total valuation. Yeah, not, right? but then you, you see them like I get that part, but then you're, who know what what do you evaluate? I mean, you you might not evaluate like. Square Enix that high, but it seems like almost whether it's Square Enix or, I mean, you can just name off other big devs, and in the foreseeable future, it looks like Sony's sure they didn't buy Square, they didn't buy some of these other well, big publishers, like, well, but it, they're it locking down single... everything and anything that they can even get their hands on for two right. years, and at that point, we don't know if that dev will be bother even. There might not, there might not even be a fan base for like final fantasy come back to you know if right. they're like hey should we bring it finally bring it out this two-year deals up and we're like now we've kind of pissed them off and screwed them over we might not have any base there to you know they're kind of damaging and because that's what they're getting at damaging your competitor they're kind of doing that by like locking down like every single thing in long yeah deals. I, I i agree with that and that's definitely something that i think is going to be mentioned yeah, like it's in not Rise the Tomb Raider, and they helped with publishing, and it was one title. They're like doing it, everything. It they they will bring up the cumulative effect because any one title in in those in that regard is is nothing. It it is nothing. The the cumulative effect of all of it, I still don't even think matches the the singularity yeah. that is Call of Duty because Call of Duty is the third largest uh the third largest revenue maker on. Almost yeah. every platform, if not oh. second or first, right? right. And, and that, that's the that's the, the difference. It Call of Duty makes more could, money in a year than mine. Square Enix makes in five in total, right? Wouldn't their case be like, hey, we can make this deal whether or not we you let us purchase Activision anyway? We could still damage and hurt our competitor just by hey, Activision, you know how they kind of screwed your deal about you getting paid, like Bobby Kotick, mm -hmm. hey, how about you make us a deal, let's hit him where it hurts, and hey, we'll pay they you could. a good sum of money. They could, yeah. and that, that is... See, that's, so why that is, is there fear even that, when they could just do it anyway? So them buying it doesn't negate whether they can do it or not. Because that kind of deal is and always will be only temporary. A Call of Duty exclusivity deal that is negotiated will only be negotiated for a certain amount of time, which well, means that well, any competitor can come back yeah. in and can negotiate they do perpetually, later. Perpetually, or perpetual? Can they do uh, in, in perpetuity? They could. They could in perpetuity say as long as there is a as long as there is a comparable PlayStation, we will launch it on that. Yeah. That being said, that's a very hard contract to write. Right, what yeah. they may do is say, as long as uh, they they may do it in ten year blocks, and they may make the commitment to renegotiate the ten year block in they Infinium could do a with ten year block with a one year deal. Yeah, so and they could you they get could say the last year's one on PlayStation every. <laughs> and then they the, could is say, is there anybody in the panel that believes the deal is not going to go through? Um, 
not going to go through at all? No, it'll yeah. go, at least in some part we'll go through. No, it'll go okay. through. Uh, Xbox I, I do through. not know if it will, if, if, when it is all said and done and everything is checked, every box is checked, if Microsoft will own every part right. of Activision Blizzard King. In the I, I don't know. That, that I, can, I, I think they will. That is where I will say I have no idea. Right? They, they may only end up with, they with may Cod. only end up with Blizzard King and I several IPs from the Activision Studios. Yeah, and that Sony's is a more possibility. Of, uh, I, I can that. see, I can see it being done with some real heavy blow it. So it I is not divestiture is not an uncommon thing to see happen. We saw it with the when Disney had to mm -hmm. divest Fox Sports. Um, it it happens. What, I, is, what was what did they have to divest Disney? Fox Sports. Disney had to divest Fox Sports when they were buying 20th Century Fox because Disney owned ESPN. I don't even think they even. Well, I think that was maybe like question. one percent of the deal. But the they thing gave is, the thing is, yeah. like, there's so many yeah. other publishers out there. I mean, okay, yes, Activision Blizzard. I mean, they're a huge, huge player in the space. But I mean, it, it's it's literally all comes down to the amount of money that that um that that company actually brings that specifically activision brings in in the console space mm -hmm. like the sheer volume of revenue that they bring in and having a first party control that that that's the ultimate fear that the the regulators are, are going to have specifically with call of duty and specifically with uh in regards to the console platforms that that's the biggest mm -hmm. argument that they really have at this point they also have the 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 minor argument with the um the the new like the the subscription services and cloud that's not a real argument it's it's too theoretical the the argument they have is the one company having so much sheer control over um over how like the revenue flow of the console space and that company being an owner like <laughs> it, that that's the art that's the, the strong argument in play today i don't think it's a good enough argument personally you want my opinion i don't think it's a good enough argument but isn't that only put them like second behind sony it does but it lets them it, it does up. let them it, it puts them second now and that would imply that sony's revenue wouldn't go down having them be in sheer control of the ip even into the future means that even after these deals are up they could completely foreclose and pull call of duty from everywhere else i don't see them yeah, doing that but... i think they i think it's, a, it's an idiotic argument but... But they have that capability. They should make their the point. Fear. Minecraft, look what we did with that. You're right. That, that's been the point, you, and, and I agree with that, you. Look how big it is. All I got uh, is look, we didn't do it, and we had no I think, deals. I think one of the strongest moves they could make right now is announce ZeniMax Online's next MMO early and announce it as fully multi-platform and show that even with Bethesda, it is a case-by-case. -case and, oh, look, this is a gigantic multiplayer game. We want it everywhere. That is one of the strongest moves that they could make right now, in my opinion. What I would say, because... too, not to interrupt a Crusader, it's just, like, if, they, if this deal does get blocked, which I don't think it will, but if it does... Microsoft would just go scorched earth it's, and buy like several other develop like publishers and developers, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I would I, I would would hope that they would do something like that, but I, I do think they, there's a chance that that they might not be able to do. I think there's it's it's put it this way. I, I was I was on the other end of the spectrum for about three weeks. I said this deal wasn't going to get done. Um, I just feel the way you know the way they've been so steadfast. And um, 
there may also be like a joint ownership plan that is put into effect with the like the Activision um with with Activision itself as a company. I I I could see there being like a joint ownership where Activision itself remains a public company that has multiple other companies that are allowed to come in and invest into portions of it. It would that that would be another interesting solution that that could come into play where like it becomes a, like an industry like kind of neutral ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very interesting. It'll be very interesting to see how this mm-hmm. all ends up. Mm-hmm. No, um, yeah. Because I, I really can't wait until when it's over. And I I can done. almost guarantee they will own Blizzard and King by the end of this. There is no strong I argument that says that that, that would yeah. allow them. Right. Like I, I think you can almost guarantee that at this point. Right. It is specifically the the Activision segment. If they, and not do, even... if they do, like, let's say it divests, uh, Call of Duty well, divests, doesn't the price then have so to change? So what, what would happen is they would go through with the transaction as planned, and then they would have to sell or make the company or, or make Activision itself an independent company within so many years. Okay. Does that make sense? They they would they would. But have... how would they? But how would they? Okay, let's say that they want to. Let's say that the 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 price of the the, the price of the the deal is sixty seven billion. And they would pay that sixty seven billion. So then, but how much? But they're not getting any of the revenue. Then Microsoft, before. after the deal is closed, would have to turn around and either sell or make the Activision like the Activision label or create a new label that is specifically just Call of Duty, either sell it or make it an independent entity. Yeah, that's not an option. Right. Call of Duty. Well, yeah. you're right. You're right. But however, I, I guarantee that if if the if the if they say no, no go to the entire deal, they will salvage parts of the deal that, that, that will what happen. If they this, just use the same is... engine, same type of same everything, but they called it. Call of Valor. So <laughs> that call of shooting. It, it call of shooting. Because they will have to come to an agreement <laughs> before the initial deal closes, right? So what will happen is, if they are told that they have to divest, the, either the Call of Duty brand or because the CMA, you can look at what the CMA actually recommended in its initial, very initial. We haven't actually negotiated with them yet, and so these are our, just the. We we had a panel of people come up with just some initial thoughts on what we would look like for uh, on what it would look like for um, remedies for this, and you'll notice that they went as far as saying the the total divestiture of Activision and Blizzard to as little as the the, the um, divestiture of just Blizzard. the Call of Duty brand and the the studios that work on it specifically, right? right? Which means that Microsoft has if. If they can't get the CMA to budge and they can't get behavioral thing, behavioral remedies in with the CMA, then they could do as little as divesting, uh, you know, the the core Call of Duty studios and the Call of Duty brand, and either selling them to another company such as say Epic. I, I think Epic would be one of the ones that would be interested in a merger in that in that scenario. Or, How much would they sell it for? That that is the question. They would have to come up with that themselves. They would have to evaluate it and well, sell it. That is somebody a whole... like Epic know that they're see what I don't understand is, is like yeah, it's a, it's they, they, it wouldn't be an instantaneous thing. They would kind of own Call of Duty, but it would be in like this kind of like weird gray area where they own it, but they don't. Right. They they are they have to be in the process of trying to sell it. Yeah. Or or spinning it off as independent. 
No, but that is the other thing. They don't have to sell it to someone. They can spill it, spin it off as they can't touch any of the revenue that that makes. So that's its own company. The revenue mm. would kind of come into them. Like it would come into them for a time while they control it, and then it would be spun off as its own company. That is all very complicated things that the lawyers would have answers yeah, for. Maybe, maybe that's why they're so confident. That is because I guess if, if they are can... very confident that this deal is going to close in some way, shape, or form. Well, At the end of the want, day, they will they, own something. They really <laughs> want it for, for the mobile well, portion. They've even said that since day one, that they've wanted it to expand their PC their PC and yeah. mobile opportunities. Right. Call of Duty is huge. Everyone looks at Call of Duty Look. and they're like, yeah, they want Call of Duty. And of course they want Call of Duty. Activision Blizzard King, it. it addresses all facets that they want to strive for. And yeah, yes. they, you know, they want to hit up mobile. And of course, you know, and this affects cloud gaming as well, right? Um, and yeah. of course their PC yeah. efforts. I mean, hey, I've always said that, you know, hey, the way that they're pushing it with Game Pass Ultimate, Game Pass PC, you know, they've been actually really growing on the PC front again. I've been happy to see it, but, yeah. you know, something like this would really help as well, especially with the, the Blizzard yeah. uh, aspects. Oh, yeah. And and so with a yeah. divestiture, I, I don't know where it would go. We, we're, we're all talking hypotheticals here, right? Yeah. And so with, with the divestiture, right? It could be as simple as they divest Call of Duty and they keep the rest of Activision, right? They they could keep Toys for Bob and stuff like that, right? And that's why there's keep, multiple keep tiers Diablo. of it. They, well, Ti Diablo's under Blizzard, right? right? So if they're just selling, if they even if they were just to sell, if they were to divest the entirety of Activision, right? Let's say they divest mm -hmm. everything that Activision has. So we're we're divesting stuff as small as like Tony Hawk Pro Skater and yeah. um, Hexen and and some of the smaller stuff, right? They would still be keeping all of Blizzard and King, right? Yeah. And that—that's where your people should be. I, I don't want to say setting expectations because that comes out wrong. Like you should be expecting this, but y you should expect this as something that could happen, not something that will happen. Does that make sense? Like expect yeah. that it is a potential that they could divest the Call of Duty brand, that they could divest the entirety of Activision, that they could, because that's what the CMA put forward as potential remedies. Now, and the CMA even stated that they know that this 10-year contract is is in play, right? That they, they, they haven't taken it into any consideration yet because the entirety of their first part was literally just determining whether or not it would impact, um, impact the market in a... Uh, significant lessening of competition mm -hmm. right and they determined that it that it could their their analysis they said that it could so now they're looking at remedies to solve the okay this is how it could and if we, if we go through these remedies behavioral too and yes. there's only one other time they did that and they actually in that case um i believe they they agreed behavioral yes. the yep. the very interesting thing about the the 10 year contract is it's a really it is by definition a behavioral remedy because it is impacting the way that microsoft behaves the thing that is unique about the 10 year publishing contract that microsoft would be forming with nintendo and playstation and they offered it to steam but steam said no cuz we they were like we don't need it they they're good enough at their word for us but, you know, the, the thing about that contract is it is a standard industry contract. The only thing that's not standard about it is the length, right? right. Everyone has publishing agreements with everyone. That if, you're, if you're on Microsoft Storefront, you have a publishing agreement with them to sell stuff on the storefront and how you act as a publisher and stuff like that. That's what the Call of Duty agreement is in a nutshell. It's just 10 years long. They're usually only two to three. Mm -hmm. um, and you renew them constantly. 
And they're normally not for a particular game. They're normally for all of EA, right? And what's very unique about that is the, the reason why the CMA and the EU and them, they don't like behavioral remedies is they have to set up a, like, a temporary position, positions, plural, to monitor the behavior, right? In this case, with this standard industry contract, they don't really have to monitor anything because the party on the other end of the contract will be monitoring it for them, right? This is a standard contract that is expected in the industry, and it will be Nintendo and Sony and Valve and them kind of monitoring it for them because this isn't a contract that's out of the ordinary for the industry. And that's what makes it very unique as a behavioral remedy in that the CMA might not actually be opposed to it as a behavioral remedy because it's so unique to the industry. And it's not really something that we have in other places to see. And that's what makes it so unique in that it actually might be enough for the CMA. We don't know, mm -hmm. right? They haven't taken into consideration what it would do. And that is a very strong argument they can get because the CMA doesn't really have to form anything to, to watch this situation mm -hmm. because it would be the competition itself that would go, hey, they are not abiding by this contract that they signed with us. You need, right. to, and then if you they need do, to screw them up. And then if CMA does say they're, they're just, their answers are ridiculous and Xbox, uh, Microsoft can't agree to it, they they can appeal, correct? They can yeah. appeal. However, it basically the appeals process in, in the United Kingdom for it uh -huh. is essentially, hey, we're taking this to court. We're appealing it. The court will say that the CMA did not do its due diligence when researching this, and basically the whole process starts over. Mm -hmm. okay. No, and that's right. It, it's it's not that the court overrules the CMA. It says the CMA didn't do a good job. They have to start over. Mm -hmm. No, and that's well said. Oh. Oh no no! Honestly, that's well said. Um, not to interrupt him, um, no. but uh, no. no, just some great points there. But uh, MLD, I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts on this too, because like again, we can go like on and on about this. Like you know, we've I guess we've tried to stay away from things over the past few uh, few months, even uh, weeks. But uh, what are your thoughts on uh, this hearing issue? Oh yeah, like I, I'm just glad we're finally in the final stages of this thing. Like, in the last few months, uh, I, I, the deal, in my opinion, is not in danger. Uh, EU seems more reasonable, at least from you know the news that is reported. The CMA was the toughest one, and the, even they offered solutions. People expected a uh, worst case and outright block, but the, I mean the CMA they're offering remedies, whether it's uh, structural or uh, behavioral. So. I think that that was actually a, a more good news than we gave it credit for in the beginning there. So Xbox has options. Um, I hope they don't have to divest anything because I hope that the behavioral remedies are enough as as you know people said before. Um, they wrote the the CMA wrote the findings without taking into account the ten year plan officially. So now they will officially look at a, a ten year plan and see how that can be reasonably enforced and and checked. That should be enough, uh, I, I'm hoping here. And I don't know, and I can't help but comment on Sony here. Like, they're, they're doing all the complaining and and all these, like, subpoena delay after delay after extension. These guys are being so shady and petty. Like, like you make all the complaints, just back back it up. Give us the evidence. They're, they're stalling for time. They're being 
it's so it's almost childish. I know it's in their best interest to stall this thing as long as possible and possibly kill the deal, but come on. Like I don't know. I feel like it's just it's just it's just like high school kind of shit right here, you know? I don't know. It's it's going to go through, I feel. Um guys, anyone know was divesting Blizzard an option? Yeah. It was so the options that the CMA listed out there were four of them. It was uh, oh, divest, divest Call of Duty, hmm. divest Activision, divest Activision Blizzard. Those were the four. Those were or those were the three things that they initially just kind of threw out there as possible remedies, right? So it could be as little as just Call of Duty if that was feasible. It could be as much as Activision Blizzard as an entity. If oh, but not, but not Blizzard by themselves. No, no. The the common factor was the Call of Duty franchise, and then they ah. just kind of... And the reason they add more to it, right? You might say, like, oh, well, why wouldn't Microsoft just divest Call of Duty, right? That might be difficult to do. Yeah. Right? And so they might have to do a little bit more. They might have to do the whole Activision brand, or they might have to do the whole Activision uh, Blizzard brand. And that's why it... it they listed them from like smallest to highest. Okay. Does that make sense? Does, yeah, does that make does. sense? Okay. Yeah, I was just hoping like I mean if if no. I had if we had to choose like to divest the... something, like King is out of the question. They 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 want that mobile uh, push, well, right? The, the King doesn't isn't going to affect the market in any meaningful way. Right. Yeah. And Blizzard also isn't going to affect the, the, the whole the whole determination was specifically that Call of Duty could impact the co the console market and the two nascent markets of cloud and uh, um, right. They also mentioned X Cloud and World of Warcraft, which is yes. why I was thinking maybe. Like, I feel like between the three, I feel like maybe Blizzard is the most expendable. Like, because I feel like Call of Duty is a big part of why they're doing this whole thing. They want to bolster Game Pass. They want those marketing deals yeah it's, it's also the biggest bundles. pain point because because you know people see how sony wants that stuff so bad like yep yeah so they want that piece of that pie themselves because call of duty it, it's a system seller so if there's only an xbox call of duty holiday bundle it's gonna sell mm -hmm. so i feel like that is also like a non-negotiable they want that they will not divest call of duty so i don't know maybe uh, again it, it, i hope it, they, don't, they don't have to divest anything but. It all depends on the ratio of what do they actually want to get out of this in the end. Mm -hmm. Is is not getting Call of Duty uh, a deal breaker over getting the rest of it if they can? That's the question, right? And so you really should we we really shouldn't be thinking of it as oh they're not gonna get uh. You know, oh, it it that Call of Duty is a deal breaker. Well, Call of Duty legitimately might not be a a potential factor, right? And so, we have to look at it as: Does Microsoft actually want Blizzard, and do they actually want King? Right. That that's that's the real question. Because if Call of Duty becomes the hanging point, if they if they walk away from the entire deal, then they didn't really care about Blizzard or, or King, right? If they divest Call of Duty. Well, it's because they recognize that they're not that the governments of the world aren't going to let them buy Call of Duty, and that they still want the other stuff because they want the other stuff. That that's 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 how it that like that's how it will end up. Does yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. It's well, they're never gonna divest Call of Duty in order to buy the other two, like it, it because they they want those other two more. It's going to be, well, 
do we actually want those two, right? And that, and that's why I'm saying, like, I can almost guarantee Bl Blizzard and King are going to be purchased. Because, of the, of course, they want the one of the best mobile makers in the world. And, of course, they want to expand PC Game Pass while PC Game Pass is booming. The question is, really, will the world governments let them buy Call of Duty, which makes as much money as it does on, on the console front and would give them a potentially large amount of control that that's the real question right mm -hmm. and, and that's why i say the deal goes through i just don't know if they will be able to uh they will be able to per, uh convince people that yeah. uh they should be allowed to own call of duty i cannot wait for the stipulations i yeah i can't wait to read the red the 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 fine the, the fine print yeah now centurion i know you've been waiting in the wings and i cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this um Obviously, you know, big topic, right? You know, we got this hearing uh, a few days away. Well, what are your thoughts on it? Mm, we're finally going to get some answers. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've been talking about this for a long time. Um, I've even had the good graces to interview a lawyer from the UK with my buddy Stubbs. Uh, Steel Rain happens to be an acquisition lawyer over in the UK. Uh, everybody wants to talk about appeals. There is no appeals process in the UK. It's like, I think you touched on it, Crusader, but yeah, the, we need to throw the word appeal out the window, flush it down the toilet. There's no appeals process. There's a tribunal called CAT that you can file a complaint to, and the only thing CAT is going to do is toss the ball back to um, the CMA yep. and say, say hey, you got, you got to start over. And the CMA can come up with the exact same conclusion. Yep. It's not like here in the United States, you file an appeal, you get everybody in a courtroom, and you present all your evidence to a judge that is not the FTC. Nope. Over in the UK, the decision belongs to CMA, period, end of story. All legal avenues lead right back to them. And that's why... They thought the CMA was going to be their biggest hurdle, but everything is to this whole situation has turned into an absolute shit show. I mean, and the funny part is like, actually what's more funny for me is watching what's happening to Sony. Sony's been running around, uh, going to Brussels, having all these interview, uh, uh, these little sit down discussions with every regulator they can, uh, crying about how that this is going to impact their business and, and bad this, bad that, feel sorry for Sony, bad, bad, bad. And that's when Microsoft came out uh, almost a month ago at this point, I think even longer, and basically said, put your money where your mouth's at, produce the evidence. And literally Sony's exact response was, we shouldn't have to prove that. So we're just, we're, we're supposed to take your word for it. We're, we're just supposed to believe you because you're Sony. That, that, that no no court system works based on someone's word. That's why there's this really cool thing called evidence and Microsoft has subpoenaed Sony for said evidence. And Sony has cried, kicked and screamed about this subpoena to the point. Now they've gotten their fourth extension. They have until March 1st to actually furnish Microsoft with the evidence that proves that this is going to hurt the Sony and also some of the other evidence uh, that Microsoft has subpoenaed is uh, documentation on these closed door sessions negotiating with third party uh, companies like Microsoft is always 
suspected that Sony is putting in words in their contracts that keep games off Game Pass, but they have never seen anything concrete. They've had developers no, and that, publishers. That's not quite right. That's not quite right. They don't know the extent to how many of the deals that they have. Exactly. That's they, why the, they've the only heard the about it. They've they, only no, they heard about it from publishers and publishers yeah. and uh, developers that are willing to talk to them that won't go on record. There's yes. nothing on record. That's why I was saying they don't yeah. have anything on record, black and white, to prove this. It's just somebody sitting down at the Olive Garden with Phil Spencer or another Microsoft executive and saying, hey, this is what Sony had us do, but we're not going to go on record or show you any documentation to prove that. Well, for the first time, Microsoft wants to see documentation of this, and like you said, they want to see the full extent yes. of what Sony has so, been negotiating for. One of them they want to look at is the Square Enix deal with Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, they have to know that these that the deals exist. Like, like logically, they have to concretely know that the deals exist because they would be negotiating with someone to get something on Game Pass formally, and they tell them they can't because they have uh, there's a contract in place that says they can't. Right. Uh, they, they they don't know how many of those contracts exist. That's the big thing. That is the big thing. They do not know how many of those contracts exist. Right, and that's why they've been asking for a lot of documentation. Yes. I mean. Sony tried to come out and say it was going to cost Sony $2 million to put together all this documentation that they were More asking for, that. and that Sony was asked. Well, last fi one figure I heard was Sony said $2 million, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous because Microsoft has even said that most of the documents they're asking for should be available digitally. It's not like somebody's going to have to go down into a file cabinet and dig this stuff out. A lot of this should be digital records. Um and that's why 20 million my, oh 20 no i know yeah two in there you were missing one. a zero yeah it's still even at two million dollars yeah. the state that's gonna cost two million dollars to furnish paperwork that's kind of uh, interesting, so from what but. I, I think the, the the reason they're saying it's gonna cost so much isn't even what documents it's how many because they went the whole way back to 2013 oh yeah no they're asking they're asking for ex like reports from executives that have gone on these, uh, you know, basically these adventures to the third-party studios, and and they've negotiated for stuff. Um, I think they've even asked for like even stuff on their advertising. I mean, like they're wanting to crack Sony wide open, and that's where Sony is either going to have to really, at this point, in my opinion, start either a playing ball with Microsoft and just dealing with whatever happens and quit interfering or B, ride ride the course you're on. And even if the deal doesn't go through, Microsoft is going to have so much dirt on you and a lot of documentation we all know is going to be leaked out. Uh, some of this stuff is going to be put in the public record. There is going to be redactions, but we know people literally know how to read between the black bars and figure out what some of the stuff is said in the redactions. Um, a lot of Sony's business practices, like you said, all the way back to 2013 are probably going to be exposed within the next 60 to 90 days. Um, and this has led to the speculation that, you know, we all saw that a supposedly a Sony jet flew into Seattle. Mm. I happen to be with Destin Laguerre on saying that probably more than likely these were some executives going over to Bungie, Bungie hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> the one there was one there was one person that I listened to his video and he said they could have made a side stop at Microsoft 
not to discuss anything with the deal, but to discuss what documentation that they are going to be required because they are negotiating on what documentation they can give Microsoft to resolve the subpoena without an FTC judge basically saying, give them everything they want, which is why they keep asking for extensions because right now it's give Microsoft everything they want on this date. And there is some speculation that Sony is in negotiations with Microsoft on what extent of documentation will Microsoft be happy with without going with the full extent of what's in the subpoena. Um, and I'm ready for some answers. I'm ready for this to be over. I mean, the whole ABK deal, I knew it was going to consume the community, um, which is why I told everybody to like reserve yourself back in January of last year, that this was going to be a very long, lengthy process, a very emotional, lengthy process. Mm -hmm. um, but now um, th the funny part is though, we're going to see like, at least the gaming community and even consumers at this point of gaming, not the people that are like out listening to podcasts, but anybody that just likes to sit down and read some articles on their phone, they're going to have a little bit of a deeper understanding now of what some of these companies have gone through when it comes to Sony and Microsoft purchasing, like some of the stuff Sony had to go through with getting Bungie, some of the stuff Microsoft had to go through to get Bethesda. But this is also going to change the landscape of gaming in the fact that um well for starters we're gonna see a lot of dividing lines now between sony and microsoft for sure like i mean we thought there was blood in the water in the beginning before this deal sony and microsoft are not getting along at this point in my opinion us gamers are gonna suffer there's going to be less cross-play opportunities for developers with games we're going to see less cooperation in the market with game companies because it is going to, at this point, probably turn into a nuclear arms race on who can consume who. And whatever companies don't get bought up, we're going to see a lot of uh, back-end third-party deals. Uh, basically, this person gets this game, that person gets that game. Um, there's going to be a lot of money thrown around. And, you know, um, the best way to... Re the best in my opinion, my speculation is gaming is going to turn into the Monday Night Wars between Ted Turner and Vince McMahon about literally we've got company A versus company B and everybody's going to be throwing money. Checkbooks are going to be open and it's literally going to be a chaos until the dust settles and we all see who and where the cards fall kind of thing. Sunday, 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 be there, be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we that's why i mean it's going to be like i at the end of the day man gaming gaming has been changed because of this abk deal and you know everybody's wanting to talk about like call of duty and all the great things that could happen for microsoft but on an industry level we're gonna see a lot less growth because we're gonna see companies that are gonna be you know can we be bought can we not be bought is this is this whole war on the tech industry going to go pretty freaking sour and they're just going to look at us anytime we try to do anything? Um, and then we've got Sony and Microsoft that are both going to be wanting to freaking one up each other at this point, because I mean, they're going to feel freaking like, I mean, Microsoft's going to feel burned whether they get um, Activision or not. We already saw Sony tried to 
screw things up for them. So, I mean, there's already going to be some animosity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know, I know. And this, um, I really hope this comes to a close soon or sooner than later, obviously. But hopefully we get some answers in the coming uh, weeks. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, guys, I want it to be done as much as you do. But uh, we just got to be patient. Got to be patient. Um, it's, um, I, you know, I agree totally. With, like, I mean, with everybody on the panel, really. But, yeah, Centurion, you know, I remember since day one, he's said that it was going to be a long, drawn-out process. And, uh, yeah, to the T. To the T it has been. I, but I remember when they first came out, everybody was, like, ready to start playing at, uh, Call of Duty on Game Pass the minute it was announced. And I was like, yeah, it don't work like that. And... I told everybody beware of uh of Chairman Khan. Chairman Khan has freaking done some crazy stuff and lo and behold, I mean, dude, like you want to know like you heard about what's going on in the FTC right now, right? Oh, yeah, didn't somebody yeah, but... resign? The so you're supposed to have five members as part of what they call commissioners and then you have the chairman who makes the number 6 vote. The five commissioners are basically Democrat or Republican. No, it's well, four and a chairman. There's five total. There, there's supposed to be five total, but, yeah. you know, let's just be blunt. The U.S. government can't get along for five damn yeah, minutes it, to freaking elect the fifth the fifth uh, commissioner. So late for the, like, longest time, it's been four commissioners, and three of them are Democrat, and the last and yeah. the fourth one was a Republican, and you got Chairman Khan. So it's Chairman Khan's one of the three. She is what the chairman is one of the five. Okay. Oh, that's I'm getting yes. screwed out. They consider it them is, all freaking and it is I know it's supposed well, no, to be like an uneven all, number. They're all nominated. No, so the there there's there has to be four Democrats and or I mean two Democrats and two Republicans, period. There right. has to be. And then the the third one is supposed to be a the swing vote. It, they're a swing vote, and they they're they're the typically the chairman, and the chairman typically gets reappointed every presidential rea term. Yeah, uh, the the chair the chair that's a, so you have chairman and commissioner. So Khan yes. is the chair is the chairman. She, she was she appointed by the pre She yeah. was appointed by the president. She wasn't elected by the Congress or the other ones. Yeah, now we're getting a political BS. No, she but was nominated. Where... Through, she was she was nominated. Went through Congress. They appointed her. The thing that was interesting about her is typically the president is supposed to declare that that person's going to be the chairman uh, during the nomination process. Not a requirement, just because the president gets to pick which one's the chairman on the who of the five. That that's just a power they have uh, well, laid out in whatever law. Makes it I, now. He's supposed, that, uh... to, he's supposed to tell them, and he didn't. And they probably wouldn't have actually uh, appointed her, like the the or the they wouldn't have ratified her vote if um uh if they had known um that she was going to be the chairman. Mm. See, that's where I mean, what's going on, uh, Invader? Um, is so like he said, there's supposed to be two Democratic commissioners and two Republican commissioners, and mm -hmm. then you got the presidential elect, which is the chairman. And basically, the for the longest time, it's been one Republican versus three Democrats, and the Republican finally threw their arms up and said "f it," and on the and they decided to put in for their yeah. resignation. And during the resignation, uh, in the resignation letter. Uh, they completely slammed Chairman Khan, 
in saying that she is on some crazy ass crusade against the tech industry and that she is doing things that completely do not line up with how the FTC is supposed to be regulating uh, companies and doing their job. And at, at this point, the Republican uh, side of the FTC basically Doesn't, says yeah. they will take no part in how that the FTC is trying to run itself because that they don't agree with it and they won't participate in it. So now our president and the government that we're under here in the United States now has to come together and figure out how to get the Republican side of the FTC going again, because this could really, this could throw a monkey wrench in things getting done on the FTC side because well, those Republicans are there for a reason. Yeah, so the the whole thing is legally they are supposed to be impartial, which means that they they legally have to have representation for both of the major parties, and then the third the the chairman will always be the swing between them, basically whatever party's in power at the time determines who the swing is. That that's just how mm -hmm. it's always worked. But um, the uh, because they don't have that impartiality right now, they are subject to wild um uh basically like super wild um uh cases to be brought against them in the court system because they by definition don't have that impartiality even though they're voting mm. uh they've been voting so for how long it's been and so they may actually lose supreme court cases that are brought against them because of this it is actually really a really 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 bad look for the ftc right now interesting right. really and bad legally very. that's why i'm saying in yeah. my opinion the only thing microsoft needs to worry about right now are the cma and the eu yep. because the ftc is literally eating itself alive on mm -hmm. the inside and they have literally already gnawed off one of their arms mm -hmm. yeah no interesting um, yeah i i also wouldn't be shocked if uh it, depending on how everything goes down, if we don't hear more and more and more shakeups at the FTC and actually what their what their ultimate power, like how they can operate, will will end up because the I forget what law is the one that actually gives the FTC the power, like their power, it bestows their powers to the to the agency. Um, um but there's there's sections of it that are being challenged in in the court system right now. Hey, real um, quick, I'm not trying yeah. to. I just want to, I see what's going on in the chat. Yeah. Um, I, earlier I brought up the Monday Night War, and Vince McMahon yeah. once said something in an interview against the Monday Night Wars when they talked to him about Ted Turner, mm -hmm. and he said only a fool competes the way your competitor wants you to compete. When you compete on a level that your competitor didn't see coming, that makes you aggressive. Yeah. So you never compete with somebody the way you want to. So Microsoft is never going to do the same thing Sony does because oh. that just makes you a fool. Interesting. Yep. All right. But, uh, guys, I just realized the time. I know uh, we've yeah. uh, went on about things a little longer than we usually do, but, I mean, I've been having an awesome time just, like, chatting about all this, and especially when, when we uh, didn't have last week's episode. But, uh, you know, great. it's been, like, a really awesome chat, but I think I'm going to uh, start to close things off uh, but does anybody else have anything to say before we uh start closing things yes no all right well guys i think that about does it for tonight's offerings and uh, hey we covered quite a bit tonight we went over xbox uh, game pass affecting game sales obviously the whole uh, 
Redfall disc thing, uh, kerfluffle, whatever you want to call it, uh, drama that happened. And of course, uh, to close things off, we had the Xbox Activision hearings. Uh, the EU hearings are becoming in the next couple of days. We're looking forward to that. But yeah, there's great fun times all around. And for those of you who tuned in, hey, thank you for uh, stopping by and staying for our extended chat. And if you enjoyed the chat tonight, then please consider dropping a like, subbing to the channel, and sharing out the show to let everybody know about it. Because, hey, we want to have more people a part of uh, our shows going forward. Anyways, enough of me. Let me move over to the outros. Uh, Tim Dog uh, had to uh, cut out early, but, hey, he uh, really contributed tonight. Uh, let's see. Uh, MLD, buddy. Hey, great stuff tonight. Where can everybody follow you? Yeah, you guys can find me at MLD Ghost on Twitter, gamertag Ghost MLD. Yeah, this was this was a pretty good chat. I think uh, we can all agree this acquisition. Uh, we just want we just want it done one way or another. Yeah, let, let's just let's talk about something else. Let's let's just talk about gaming. But yeah, it was still fun. Lots of fun. Indeed, my friend. Indeed. Moving on down here, Eric Shockley, pal. Hey, loved your insight. Where can everybody find you? Yeah, as always, you can find me at ShockNero on Twitter, BZShock on Xbox Live. Uh, yeah, good show tonight, uh, especially with the uh, week break we had. But, uh, yep, uh, good, uh, everybody have a good night and uh, good show today. I agree wholeheartedly. Next up, we got Crusader. But, hey, you really brought it. I know uh, you got a lot on your mind. Where can everybody follow you? Yeah, you can follow me at uh, you know on Twitter, on Xbox, everything. Uh, Crusader three four five six on all of it. PlayStation, Xbox, probably even on the Switch. Might be my name on there. Probably should be. Um, but yeah, you know it's a good show tonight. Had a good, good time. Indeed, pal. Indeed. Give it up for my Garrus Levin friend, guys. Give it up to him. <laughs> Next up, we got Mr. Centurion, pal. Hey, you had an awesome night as well. Uh, where can all these fine people follow you? Uh, for those interested, you can find me at Centurion1307, Xbox Live, Twitter, and, of course, YouTube. I actually do have some new content coming out here this week. I already did all the filming. Now it's just the fun process of the hours of editing. Um, and I have been chatting with um, Invader about it. I'm bad with names, sorry. Um <laughs> And, um, yes, uh, you guys, the, the community will actually see my face for the first time. Um, yeah, this is weird to me. The fact that I'm going to literally click on a camera and actually have somebody actually see what I look like the man behind the mask. Um, and I also brought a friend with me to, uh, this whole thing just to have some fun with it. Uh, for those also wanting to hear more podcasting with me, you can find me here every Sunday night on this amazing TXR podcast with this amazing group of gentlemen. And you can also find me on Gaming Beyond the Box two hours before the start of this show with Wilmy Hood, Bomber, and the rest of the great crew over there. Oh, yeah. I caught a bit of that great crew you got there. Oh, yeah. And and me and Stubbs are doing plastic platforms tomorrow. Um, see, so it's 2 o'clock my time. That may be 4 p.m. Eastern. There we go. All right, I look forward to it. I'll definitely tune in for that. Love you and Stubbs going live. And to uh, cap off the crew, you can find my content on YouTube over at Invader Gaming. I've been putting out a bunch of GoldenEye guys as of late and card pack openings. I got some uh, Warhammer cards to open quite soon. Looking forward to that. 
but yeah, keep your eyes peeled for more for me. And uh, yeah, as it's said in the chat, a lot of people looking forward to Atomic Heart. Guys, I am all on that. I cannot wait to play that. And uh, hopefully I get some videos out for that as well, but just dying to play it. But yeah, fun talk tonight, folks. And we look forward to the next one. Later.